right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Happy Friday. Even happier Friday oh, yeah. for me. I'm going to have it a three-day weekend. You're not. Oh, what are you doing? So not as happy of a Friday for you. I'm uh, going to be out of town. I'm going to Des Moines. Isn't ah NCAA tournament? Isn't that this weekend in Des Moines? Uh, Did I get my dates wrong? May Madness, as they always say. I I think. Do I have things confused? I've got some bad news for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've got some, Uh-oh. I've got some bad news. <laughs> but no, I'm going to be uh, out of town this weekend, and uh, I won't be back till some point Monday, at least the plan right now. So. All right, so Nick Shock Sports Talk on Monday. Yes, on Monday. Uh, we have four RCST trivia matchups today. Starting at 5 o'clock, it'll bleed over into, uh, or starting at 4 o'clock, it'll bleed <laughs> over into the 5 o'clock hour. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because of all the <laughs> trivia matchups we have upcoming. It's going to be a lot of fun. This will get us to the grade 8. This it will. will. To the grade 8 today. I know. And I'm starting to feel now sad, what you mentioned yesterday, of like, ah, oh, dude, yeah, we're coming to a close. End. I know. It's sad. sad. It's really sad. We'll have Florida Man Mad Libs coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Sports stock market as well. We'll get later this hour into the transfer portal. But starting off the bat here, finally we get to something we, we teased about talking about on Tuesday and Thursday and maybe even Monday. Too big basketball. Is it back? Can mm. Kansas bring it back? And I guess in theory, KU starting a lineup of KJ Adams, who was entirely a five-man no. for you last year. No. Is him playing next to Hunter Dickinson, does that count as too big basketball? No. It, it does not? No. KJ can't really shoot, though. It doesn't count. Okay, it doesn't? It does not count. What if they that's play... Not a, his, he's back at the position he was supposed to be at anyways. That's fair. What if they play uh, Parker Brown next to Hunter Dickinson for, like, three minutes in a random game? Then for those three minutes, too big? for those three minutes, they're too big. Okay. But no, but that's I, not the whole. That's not <laughs> no, everything. it's not. It's not. In all honesty, this is not about what's currently on the KU roster. This is about something that is a potential, and we'll we'll get more into you know other players that are available into the transfer portal this week because yeah. KU still have uh, does have their two scholarships open. But whether they want to use both, one, or one. guy that you are particularly intrigued. Correct. By. Correct. That would make the idea of playing, as you've described, too big basketball. Viable. Yes. Possibly. If you go out and you get, you know, Arthur Kaluma or Terrence Shannon or any of these wing types or, or any of these guard types, you have the, the Zion Pullen kid or uh, this Camp Spencer kid who entered the portal today from Rutgers. Like, if you get on any of these, this does not apply because at that point you would be bringing on somebody yes. who's going to play on the wing for this you. This applies to one man. One man alone. One man. And it's a very good one man. That would be Grant Nelson. So this is someone who, you know, if, if you talk to KU fans who are like in the depths of the transfer portal and are, are watching certain names that are out there that have been on for a while now, and we haven't really talked a ton about, I think we had a, a brief mention of it. Um, and the idea now that you, like, at first when they, one of the, those tweets came out with reported interest from Kansas, at first when that stuff kind of happened with Grant Nelson. I don't think Hunter Dickinson had committed yet. He had not. So there was like... There was this thought of like, oh, is he the backup option to Hunter Dickinson? Yes. You know? 
And so you don't know how hard KU's pressed for him since then because and how interested he would be at Kansas. Like, does he want to go to another school and be their, their five-man, right? If he wants to be the five-man, then obviously like well, Kansas is going to be a no-go for him. Even if he came to KU, he would be second fiddle, 200 tickets. Sure. But there is this idea of, well, what if he came and started at the four? Could you make that work? Could you make Grant Nelson and Hunter Dickinson in a day and age of college basketball where it is, you know, run and gun, it is spread the floor, it is shoot threes, it's, you know, switchability and and all these different things that we see come down from the NBA game. Would you be able to get away with too big basketball nowadays? Like that was that was right up the alley of Bill Self in the early days in the first decade of his career at Kansas up until really the kind of like Frank Mason years when things started to shift and then these past couple years it shifted again into being a wing-heavy lineup. Would that be doable? And like, I I guess there's a lot of pieces that go into this because in theory, if you're saying, hey, you're going to have a six foot 11 235-pound power forward next to a seven foot one 260-pound center, the immediate thought is, okay, well, KU can dust off some of their old high-low stuff and they can do a lot of good things with two bigs, but the problem that you'll run into, and if you remember, this is the problem that a lot of those two big KU teams ran into, was teams that had a stretch five or teams that had a stretch four or teams that could spread the floor and maybe were undersized but could shoot the three. And like like you look at certain losses they had in the NCAA tournament, right? Like a VCU of the world who could, who could stretch the floor from that regard to where you're kind of like, well... Is that the best way to play in today's day and age? Yeah, I think the question actually in this situation comes down to what does Bill Self want to do? Does Bill Self want to try to go back in time and play too big basketball? Is that what he wants? Is that the style I don't think it's what he wanted when he entered the offseason, but now that you get to this point in time. Yeah, now he's faced with a choice of does he want that or does he just want to continue with the style that he's gone with? Because, okay, the real situation is over the past – at this point, like what, five, six, seven years, the discussion has always been, well, Bill Self, this is he just adapts, right? Like this isn't necessarily exactly how he wants to play, but he's so good at adapting to the game. He's so good at adapting to his personnel. Like he just he just does really well with whatever he's got, right? Well, now you're in a situation here where Bill Self doesn't have to adapt if he don't wants to. He if he doesn't want to. He could say, I want to play this way, and they can make it happen. And that's a that's a, I think that's an unusual spot for Bill Self to be in. Considering where he's considering how things have trended over the past six, seven, eight years, right? Where it's been, it's not as so much as been. This Bill Self wants to play this way. This is how he likes to play. It's been more of a, well, Bill Self is just so good at everything that he everything he touches turns to gold, and no matter what lineup he has, he makes it work, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now he has an opportunity to go back and say, you know what, I want to play this way. This is how I want to play. I have an opportunity to do it. So that's the question. I think the question is, does Bill Self want to just say, you know what? Screw adapting. I'm gonna go back and play how I like to play, or is it just, or is it more of a, eh, you know, the way that how I've adapted to the current style of play, I've been pretty good at it. So you know, maybe it's better to just go out and, and go ahead and get a wing or whatever, and I still have Hunter Dickinson, and it'll be fine. So that's kind. Of, I think to me, that's the interesting question of this around this idea is, I think it comes down to Bill Self. Is it Bill Self saying, you know, I've adapted pretty well over the past eight years or so, or whatever, over the past decade to whatever however I want to play or however things are shaping out. But now I have an opportunity to go out and get a guy to where I can go back and play the too big style that I like to play. But is that what I want at this point? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, And I think that um, it's almost like 
in a draft, like, you know, we hear this term all the time during like the NBA, NFL draft stuff, best yeah. player available. Yeah. And at this point, Grant Nelson is probably the best player available, but does it fit what you want to do? Or do you just say, we're going to take the best players available and then we are going, because I am Bill Self and I've had uh, success doing really any version of a lineup. We're just going to take the best players available and figure it out from there. Now, I will say, if you're pairing Grant Nelson with Hunter Dickinson, the beauty of it is I think this would be closer to what you did with the Morris twins than it would be like an old adage of the two-big lineup because Hunter Dickinson shot 42% on a little under two threes per game last year. Grant Nelson can shoot threes. He shot only 27% last season, so I know that doesn't sound super encouraging. That was on uh, 3.1 attempts per game, though. The year before, he shot 32% on three attempts per game. The year before, 36% on under two attempts per game. So for his career, two and a half attempts per game, 31% from three. He can shoot them enough, and if he gets better at them this next year, even better, and maybe he's asked to take less than three like he was taking it at uh, North Dakota State. Maybe it's two per game, and then the percentage goes up at that point. Um so you would be able to do that, the high-low. They can both space it out. But I think what's interesting to me about Grant Nelson, I, I went into planning to have this conversation going, I don't think this is a good idea. I, I planned to, to have this conversation of being like, I don't yeah. think this too big basketball thing is good. I okay. think it leaves you more open to the idea of getting upset early in the NCAA tournament with one of those weird matchup teams. Then I started doing more digging and saw some stuff with Grant Nelson in the combine. And I have quickly switched to being on the side of do everything you can to get Grant Nelson <laughs> and play too big basketball. So here's why. When I first went into this immediate thought was, Big lurking white big man for North Dakota State is going to be slow. Yeah, Hunter he's Dickinson, be a slow lumbering, you know, yes, just kind of not really super athletic. Yes, you know, you it, get the picture, right? I mean, it's it, it's like you think of uh, gosh, what was that one? Uh, you think he was of, on South Dakota State, right? The uh, Mike Dom. Oh, he North Dakota State too. Uh, I don't know. I think it was South Dakota State. But like, I think of that guy where he's oh, like yeah. he's this There's big lurking, examples. very skilled. I think of the kid from Bradley for this past season. Gosh, yeah, the uh, rank mast. Rank mast, yeah, like just big dude, like very skilled. <laughs> just a white big dude that is like, yeah, it's a and polished it's like, game, but is like unathletic, right. Slow, lumbering. Yes, that, everyone, everyone knows what that is. Yes, and it's like KU kind of already has one of those. Like Hunter <laughs> Dickinson's a great player; he's going to make a big impact. But if you have two of those in the same starting lineup. Are you just going to get ran off the floor by teams that are fast or can play those four guards together? And so that was a worry there. But then I look at Grant Nelson, what he he has done at the NBA Combine. And, and maybe the negative of this is that it increases the chance of Nelson staying in the NBA draft. Measured at six foot ten, seven foot wingspan. It's a good size. 32 inch standing vertical, 35 and a half inch um running vertical or whatever you want to call it. Out of comparison, that is uh better than Jalen Wilson. On the standing vertical, Wilson had a 31 and a half inch. Not that Jalen's been known for, you know, crazy verticals, but just to put you out of out of comparison, Grant Nelson jumps jumps half an inch higher in both of those, but he's also like four inches taller than Jalen Wilson. Yeah. But here's the kicker for Grant Nelson. In the lane agility test, Grant Nelson completed it in 9.99 seconds. That might mean nothing to you. It meant nothing to me. But when you compare it to the others on the leaderboard, it means a big something. That 9.9 seconds, 99 seconds in the lane agility time for Grant Nelson, 
That was the best of everyone. No, not just at his position. That was the best of everyone at the Combine. Judah Mintz, this former five-star like point guard recruit, he was the second best at 10.32. Marcus Sasser, really quick guard for Houston, he had the fifth best time at 10.68. Uh, Cam Whitmore, who's this uber-athletic small forward from Villanova, former five-star, is going to be a top-five pick in the draft, 10.82 seconds. Cason Wallace, known for his defense, athletic at Kentucky, 10.82. Terquavion Smith, KU saw him up close and personal, for NC State, super athletic, like point guard, shooting guard type, 10.86 seconds. He literally had the best among everyone. Like Adam Flagler was at 10.96 seconds. He's a quick guard for Baylor. And it's some of the other stuff too, like the three-quarter court sprint, he was 3.21 seconds, which again, that's higher, that, that's faster than Judah Mintz. That's faster than Marcus Sasser. That's uh, one one-hundredth of a second slower than Cam Whitmore. It's faster than Cason Wallace. It's faster, or it's the same speed as uh, Terquavion Smith. It's faster than Dylan Mitchell. It's faster than Isaiah Wong. It's faster than Adam Flagler. It's slightly slower than Mike Miles. Like, this is not one of those lurking big men that I had the specific, uh, or the, uh, the, the idea of. This is a big man who is... Basically a, a wing. Can clearly move. He's an athletic wing. He's yes. basically a three-man who has the size to play the four. Yes. Can and now I am fully back in on the idea of if you get this guy specifically, too big basketball, come on down. Yeah, so the other thought that I had before you went into the data about that stuff and how well he did with the athletic stuff is what is maybe, I guess, setting aside Hunter Dickinson because he obviously was the number one recruit. But what is maybe the one thing that Bill Self has kind of reiterated uh, over at various times over the course of the past couple of years about his teams? Oh, we need to get more athletic. Mm -hmm. We need to be more athletic. We need to be a more athletic team. Look at the teams that kind of dominated KU. More athletic teams, right? Like think of the TCUs of the world that just blew them out of the water. More athletic teams, right? So again, my initial reaction was similar to you of like this idea of you're trying to get more athletic, so you're going to bring in Hunter Dickinson, which again, that's that's a special case, obviously. Right. And then you're going to bring in another guy who's unathletic to play the four, Grant Nelson. But then you look at his numbers that you just read off and you and you think about what that means and that he clearly has a sense of agility and can clearly move quite a bit. Maybe that kind of goes out the window and suddenly it's back to this question of, okay, well, maybe maybe you can make it work. Uh, and again, I think the, the other aspect of this that maybe makes it make more sense for KU than other teams is think of who your point guard is. You have Dewan Harris, okay? One of the top passers in the country. Maybe the top passer in the country is a point guard. True point guard, right? With Dewan Harris, the opportunity to run two bigs like that, I think suddenly makes a lot more sense or suddenly it becomes much more viable because he's a pass-first guy. He's looking to facilitate. He's looking to get opportunities for different guys. That's the type of player that you almost need to have as a point guard in order to make something like this work, and that's exactly what KU has. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point as well, and, and that just makes kind of everything easier for you in general. And I think when you look at the fit there, like that would work because both are good passers. Grant Nelson averaged over two assists per game. Um, Hunter Dickinson's a good passer. Like I said, both aren't. It, it's not that they're Steph Curry from three, but both can shoot the three that you can kind of invert it both ways with ever, uh, whoever's doing it. You'd have a good rebounding team at that point. Um like both are good rim protectors. Obviously, he's he's very versatile and flexible. He can actually handle the ball for a big man there. And then you could even throw out lineups where it's like, you know, if you are playing a super athletic team and you're like, well, uh, we're we're get we're having some troubles with Hunter Dickinson. Maybe that's a game where Hunter Dickinson plays 28 minutes and you play a little extra minutes of Grant Nelson at the five with uh, a super athletic line. Like it just gives you more coverage for different things that you could do. I am all on board at this point in time. To me, he is the number one target. I would be the going other after. 
thing you need to keep in mind with this, though, is getting Grant Nelson virtually immediately relegates KJ Adams to a non-starting yes. role. And that is, is important, like, but also it's after the deadline to enter the portal. Well, I know, I'm, but I'm saying, like, it's, it, I mean, I guess, you know, you go out and get the best guys, but, like, KJ Adams has been... Like, do you owe to, do yeah, you like, owe do you KJ? Owe to KJ Adams yeah. to be like, hey, man, like, you've you've done everything, you were the Big 12's most improved player while playing a new position that you weren't supposed to play, like, and then suddenly you're just going to be like, hey, KJ, be the sixth man, or be the seventh man. Like, I, I don't know. To me personally, like, that feels kind of like, you know, I don't know what the right term is, but, you know, just kind of, eh, you know, not really paying it forward. But also, obviously, we know college basketball is cutthroat at this point. Like, these these types of things tend to happen where you get over-recruited or, you know, things like that. So, it's tough because certainly if you get Grant Nelson, KJ Adams gets relegated to a right. backup role, and your starting lineup would look like probably Dickinson and Nelson with, like, Timberlake or even like an El Marco Jackson or somebody at the three. So you basically run the two bigs plus three smaller guards, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, Which and is I, like, that puts KJ in kind of a tough spot. Right. And, and I think you can explain it, at least you try to, to KJ that, okay, there's 80 minutes to give out at the power forward and center spots. We're basically going to play, let's say, Hunter Dickinson's playing 30. Let's say Grant Nelson's giving you uh, 25. 25. That still leaves you 25 minutes for K.J. Adams, right? Like, you're still going to play starter-level minutes, basically in a three-man rotation there. And then at that point, Marcus Adams and Parker Brown are your just kind of emergency players at each of those positions. Like, you can still you can still make it work. And then you also, at that point, you're telling K.J., hey, like, um, Hunter Dickinson might only be here one year, and Grant Nelson will only be here one year. Because he's a grad guy, I think, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, so you don't really have to worry about it long term. But then again, does KJ view that as a slight? Yeah, you're 100% right. You have to kind of figure that out. But I think from just a, a standpoint of most talented player available, he would be the guy. And I think, too, I was thinking back to this because it does feel like we are in an age where it's so rare you see two big basketball teams now. But I started thinking more in depth, and there are more teams than you'd think. It's yeah. mostly the the you know the the blue blood or, or blue blood adjacent schools who have done it, which makes sense because those are the ones that typically like seven footers don't grow on trees. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so like think about it. Duke just did it last year with Filipowski and Derek Lively, and they got hot at the end of the season, ended up losing in the second round to Tennessee, but won the ACC and everything. Uh, Duke did it in that 2018 season with Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter and. You know, if if not for like, like they lost in overtime in if the Elite Eight, that team could have easily made a final. Lockdown four. defenders, Fee Mikhailu. <laughs> yes, and then you have uh, like Gonzaga's done it with Drew Timmy, Timmy and Chet Holmgren. Like maybe Chet would be the equivalent of what Grant Nelson would bring in, just an athletic big man. Um, they did it with Karnowski, and like they do it with uh, Karnowski and uh, gosh, what's the guy's name who? Uh, Played for the Blazers, and I, I don't remember uh, Zach Collins. Zach Collins. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Arizona's done it the past couple years with Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, Arizona is like they're kind of like with the, Sean Miller too. Yeah, they're kind of like the blueprint for it. They yeah. do it a lot. Yeah, and they had they've had a lot it of good like years. They where always they've made have, deep runs. It seems like they always have a, a guy that, that is comes over somewhere from like o- overseas, right? It's just seven foot one in place, right? Um, North Carolina did it last year with Brady Manick and Armando Baycott made it to the title game. Now, as I'm saying these, a lot of them, like in the case of the Duke one last year or the Gonzaga ones with like Timmy and Chet or the Arizona ones that we've seen recently, like, or even the Arizona one with Sean Miller with DeAndre Ayton playing next, uh, the, the Serbian dude, I can't remember his last name. Um, <laughs> those teams, a lot of them lost early. So that goes back to the conversation. Does yeah. it leave you open? But then again, with Nelson's athleticism, I think it doesn't. And then think back to this Roy Williams. Heard of the guy? 
Might have had a lot of success in college uh, basketball. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, some at KU, some in North Carolina. He oh, yeah, always played too big basketball. <laughs> so I think if you have the horses, you can make it work. There are many ways to skin a cat, and I think Grant Nelson, it's one thing if you have two big men who aren't, like, who are both lurking big men, but because Grant Nelson's athletic, I think you can absolutely make it work. But we'll get more into uh, the transfer options available coming up later in the show. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We'll have four RCST trivia matchups coming at you, starting with our next segment. First, though, we go into the transfer portal. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to the average basketball fan. It is a dimension as large as Wilt and as timeless as Perry Ellis. It is the middle ground between staying and leaving, between wins and losses, and it lies between the pit of recruiting and entrance to the NBA. This is the dimension of new schools. It is an area which we call the transfer portal. All right, we go into the transfer portal, and KU still with two open scholarships. Will they fill both? At the very least, seems like they'll fill one more. Let's start with this category. Previously recruited oh, from the high school level. New category. Yeah, new category. Okay. Adrame Diangu. I don't know if that's proper to pronounce it. Hmm. He is a seven-foot center. Nick, would you like to guess how many pounds he weighs? 310. Mm, you went on the wrong end of the spectrum. Oh, 190. Wait, what? That's not even possible. You got to add some weight to this kid. Dude, what? Um, Yeah, so you definitely need to add strength, which makes him more of a developmental setter. But he came in. He, he went to Washington State his first year, which was this past year. He came in with high potential. He was listed as a four-star in the 24-7 sports rankings, 117th in the country, number 19 center overall. And now as a transfer, he's listed as a four-star transfer, number 74 overall transfer center, okay. or, or overall and number 12 transfer center. So clearly somebody who has a, a high potential, but clear, you have to add more there. His, his first yeah. year at Washington State, he played in 23 games, 6.3 minutes per game. 1.3 points, 1.8 rebounds. Not like a ton there, as you'd expect, because not playing a ton either. But basically, this is someone who KU formerly recruited. He obviously is somebody who is more of a long-term type of player. Um, I think at this point, of the two scholarships left, you view it one way. One of the players needs to be a impact player that can play for you on in some form or fashion at like the... Two, three, four type four. of spots, the wing-ish spots for you. Yes. If you do use the other scholarship, which I don't know for sure that they will use or not, doesn't going after a developmental player like this who would just give you another body make sense? Okay, well, this to me feels like this is a guy they would have gone after if Parker Brown didn't exist. Mm. So you don't Parker think now Brown, that they added like, Parker Brown, you think it's pointless? I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would bother with this guy, to be honest. I don't know. Because you already, you, already, you already have that... that area shored up so like unless you really really believe that this dude would be like elite for the next like two or three years i don't think you would bother with him. well does it hurt to have like because right now you feel better about them at center but you still aren't like fully covered you know what happens uh, if i mean I don't kj know. adams sprains his ankle and he's out for a week and hunter dickinson gets in foul trouble is parker brown playing the whole game you know? you know, I understand. I understand. You still probably want a little bit more coverage there, but 
to me, I feel like they wouldn't. I feel like with Parker Brown, they're just going to roll the dice. So I agree that I'm not expecting this to happen, but I actually think this type of move, and I don't necessarily even know if I mean this specific player, but this type of move makes sense to me from from one real standpoint. What do we see now happen with KU? They bring on four or five-star prospects, and if they don't get on the court enough in their first year or two, they transfer, correct? Sure, yeah. If you bring on Diangu, he has now used up his free transfer. Wouldn't that make it less likely that he leaves but again? in the era of the transfer portal, do you want to bring in a guy like this with kind of some high risk, high reward? Mm-hmm. And then what if he just ends up being bad? Yeah, then it's but hard then to make him leave with the roster, right? Exactly. It, that's, it, yeah, you're stuck with him in a good way or bad. Like, if you're stuck in a good way and that you have 100%. more years to develop him, yes. but you're stuck in a bad... So that that is a good point. That depends how Bill... Like, some people might be viewing this offseason as like, Oh, this is crazy. Other people might be viewing it as like Bill Self this loves this because he can do thing. whatever he wants. Exactly. Right? Like if this becomes a yearly thing, yeah. then you want to make sure that the guys you have on your team are guys that mm-hmm. you could feasibly be like, hey, kick the can. Yeah. See ya. But if you do want someone who is a, has long-term ability and at the very least feels like you can stay with a multi-year guy who can at least give you depth at that position. But okay, he played something like that game at Washington State last year. He would play less than that at KU this year. Well, maybe you bring him in with the idea of you redshirt in year yeah. one, right? Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, then you have a couple years left, but he's used his free transfer so that you have even two more years to develop him before he'd be a grad transfer. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of interesting. Okay. Okay, into your favorite column. Hmm. Yep, the hmm column. Hmm. Zion Polin, hmm. who will be a graduate senior from UC Riverside. He is a six foot four hundred ninety five pound combo guard. He so will be entering the portal. This dude's six four. Yeah, and he's thicker than seven foot one guy. <laughs> Think about that. Yes, <laughs> five pounds. And I wouldn't even say six four one ninety five is like, you know, like he could <laughs> probably even add like 10, 15 pounds. Yeah, that's not that crazy. At all. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That is uh, pretty crazy to think about. Uh, but this is a very productive player at a lower level in the Big West. So he went from four points per game as a freshman, 12 points as a sophomore, 14 as a junior. And this past year, his best season, all Big West guard, over 18 points per game, four and a half rebounds, over four assists, and shot 49% from the floor, 39% from three, 77% from the foul line. Yeah, so this is where you get it back into the discussion we kind of had in the open about how what kind of style does KU want to play? They have some options. You can get a Grant Nelson, or you can get a guy like Zion Poland, and let's say your starting lineup is four little guys, or three little guys, plus KJ Adams and Hunter Dickinson, right? Like, if you get a guy like Zion Poland, your starting lineup could easily be Poland at the three, yeah. and then you have, like, El Marco or Arturio and, Ar- and Dewan Harris. So you're starting three guys that are 6'4 or under, plus Hunter Dickinson and KJ Adams. So this is the real kind of conundrum that KU's in, is they have some options, but it really comes down to what do they want their identity to be? Besides Hunter Dickinson, do you want to be a, a, a small little guard team or do you want to potentially be more of a too big type team or do you want to be a team with Hunter Dickinson and then like you go out and get like a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, athletic wing type that kind of covers you in different areas? It just kind of depends on what KU wants. And this is a guy that could that could fit in. Now, I, I question with the four assists per game, obviously I didn't watch any of UC Riverside. I don't know, was he like the primary ball handler there? I mean, he I was. assume that that would maybe... I don't know if that would be a knock against him possibly coming to KU. Yeah, so he was he ranked in the 100th percentile in um, basically the times that he ran pick and roll. 
like he ran it as much as anyone in the country. Which, like, he also, he wouldn't probably do that at KU. Correct. Like he would be occasional. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's just you know switch sides and whatever, um, or give Dewan Harris a break or when he's on the bench. He also had a very high number of isolation plays, which that would go down to a KU. Now, he was very good at both. He was very efficient at both, too. He didn't just run them a lot. He was very efficient at both. So it's nice to have other options there, and it's nice to have a, a late shot clock score. From those standpoints, he fits in. I would almost view this, if, if KU added Zion Pullen, I would start to view next year's roster as those Baylor teams. Yeah. You would, at that point, be playing basically... Uh, the difference is you'd have an elite big man, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just in, in terms of like, you have three little guards, little guards, and then you have a Mark Vital type, which would be your KU Adam or KJ Adams, and then you I did the reverse KU uh, Andrew Weimar. Yeah, um, so you'd have your your KJ Adams would be your Mark Vital type, and then you'd have your center type, which which is what Baylor would have. And Baylor was able to make that work. I think you'd be able to make it work too. Uh, Cam Spencer just entered the portal today. He is a graduate senior, so you might be wondering, oh, he just entered today, but that's past the deadline. If you're a graduate senior, you can enter past the deadline and uh, still transfer somewhere else. He will be in his fifth year, six foot four, two hundred seven pound senior. He uh, last season, well, I mean his junior year, he put up really big numbers, eighteen point nine points. So he was per at game. Rutgers. Yeah, but that was when he was at uh, Loyola Maryland. Oh yeah, he was at Loyola. So he started at Loyola Maryland, back to back years, double digit points. Then his junior year there, nineteen points per game, five rebounds. Goes to Rutgers last year, averages over thirteen points per game. Starts thirty four games for them, uh, almost four rebounds, over three assists, two steals per game. 43% from three, 89% at the foul line, and he is known as being a really good defender, too. Yes, yeah, so this would be sort of your second Nick Timberlake. Correct, shall we except say. a better but defensive even, version. Yeah, except maybe better on defense, uh, which would be nice. So, again, kind of going back to the Zion Pullen thing, he's only 6'4", though, but again, you put him at the three with El Marco or Artigo at the two and Dewan Harris plus KJ Adams and Hunter Dickinson, and that would probably be your lineup. So then you would basically have interchangeable elite-level three-point shooting because you'd have Timberlake probably coming off the bench to replace Cam Spencer or maybe maybe you put them both on the floor at the same time and say, hey, we're going to spot these guys up on opposite ends in both corners. Pick your poison, right? You could do something like that. So there's, there's some interesting options with this guy. I almost would be more intrigued by Cam Spencer than I am by Zion Poland because mm-hmm. of the fact that he could be more of a spot-up shooter type he didn't and I think play, a better defender. Yeah, and he didn't play with the ball in his hand so much, so it wouldn't be. I don't feel like the transition to possibly playing K would be as maybe strenuous or as. And he was at roles. a power five. Yeah, so there's a lot of positives with Cam Spencer. I think that would be intriguing for KU, and it, like I said, it, it would give them for sh- so again circling back to this discussion of is the current roster does it have enough shooting? Well, if you had Cam Spencer, yes. Un- un- unequivocally, the answer is yes. You're going to have two 40-plus percent three-point shooters that can start, come off the bench, do whatever. Yeah, I kind of think, I-, I mentioned earlier that I-, I thought Grant Nelson to me is the number one target. I'm kind of leaning to putting Cam Spencer at number two, Yeah, to be completely honest. As a good uh, defender. Good defender. Yeah. Again, two steals per game, 77th percentile in synergy and defense, 94th percentile in spot-up shooting. Yes. That works. Which is exactly what you'd be asking him to do. He shot 45% on spot-up threes last year. Hello. And he's experienced and at the Power 5 level. Come on down. Um, and you can play him <laughs> at the three. So, yeah, that, that would automatically go up there to me. Uh, another one who's kind of an, of interest is uh, Andrew Taylor, who I don't know how likely this one would be for KU, but this is another grad transfer who entered after. He was at Marshall. And Marshall's known for playing, like, the fastest in the country. They have Dan D'Antoni, the the brother of uh, 
Mike D'Antoni from the NBA. Uh, he put up 20 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 2.1 steals. Now, again, some of those numbers inflated. He played 36 minutes per game, and they're playing an ultra-fast speed. But realistically, he's still a productive player. 36.5% on very high volume from three, 80% at the free throw line. He's a six foot three junior guard. This would be kind of in line with the Zion Poland, except probably, I don't know, like. Yeah, I mean, how little do you want to go? Yeah, a little bit smaller than Poland. I don't know how realistic this is, one is, but that's why it's in the hmm column. Hmm. Of those three, I'd go Spencer one, Poland two, Taylor three. I agree with that. I think Spencer would be a very intriguing addition for Taylor. And then the combine testers. We talked about Grant Nelson a lot already. We don't need to kind of reiterate that. Uh, Arthur Kaluma is going through the combine right now. Well, she had a he had a pretty impressive day yesterday, I think, at the during the the uh, the scrimmages. Scrimmages. I couldn't think of the word scrimmage. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, I totally don't. Blank. I don't know. I, I think I saw ESPN had him ranked like 87th, but then on like a couple other sites I looked, he was ranked in the 50s. So like. He's very much on the borderline of, of what's going to happen there. I think he wants to go pro, so we'll see. I think there are a lot of similarities between what Kaluma did at the collegiate level his first two years versus what Jalen Wilson did. And I'm not saying that if he comes back to college, he'll automatically emerge in year three to what Jalen did, Jalen Wilson did in his third year of really play, you know, fourth year for Jalen with the redshirt. But in Jalen's first two years that he actually got to play uh, after the injury, 11.4 points per game, 44% from the field, 30% from three. Kaluma's first two years, 11.1 points per game, 43% from the field, 29% from three. They're very, almost, very similar. Yeah, almost the exact same. I mean, when you look at what they're playing, they're both kind of three men who would play the four for you. Kaluma's a little bit taller, has about four inches on Jalen of wingspan. The verticals are basically identical. Jalen had slightly better running numbers in, like, I think two of the three, but... Um, so, I mean, they're, they're very, very similar players. Yes. So I think Kaluma for me would be a nice add. I still would have Grant Nelson and Cam Spencer ahead of him. But if you're looking for a Jalen Wilson replacement, so to speak, this would be the guy yeah. you're looking at. And I don't necessarily mean, and I, I don't necessarily mean that in terms of he's going to do exactly what Jalen Wilson did, but just in terms of like play style, size, what everything you outlined, like. It would be probably a good plug-and-play fit for the perspective of Bill Self because you could basically be like, okay, well, this is the stuff we did with Jalen Wilson. Now we have a guy who is very comparable to the skill set that Jalen Wilson had. Boom. Easy, easy, right? And you would fit him in probably at the three with KJ at the four and take it to the five, I would think. That would be the beauty of having him, that you could play him at the three. You could play him at the four. Like, he could be a spell for KJ or, or True, whatever. Yeah. And even, he gives you another body. I don't think you'd want to play him at the five, but Creighton's sixth most popular lineup over their last five games of the season, so that would have been their four NCAA tournament games plus their last Big East tournament game, was Kaluma at the five. It was very little how they used it. They, I don't know, used it for a few minutes here or there, but it just gives you another emergency center on a team that, if you have more players, they can play more positions better since you have less pl less scholarship sure, yeah. players, you know? Yeah, I think a guy like Kaluma would make a lot of sense for what you just outlined, which Your is fourth string if you get, let's say you go after a guy like Cam Spencer or you go after a guy like Zion Poland or some of those other guards, those are guys that can really only play like one of two positions on the floor for you, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you do land a guy like Kaluma, as you said, he would probably be your three, but he could easily play the four in an emergency, with KJ right? Adams, and he could easily he could five, play I mean. the five, right? Also. So that's that to me. It gives you more versatility, right? Like if you get a Cam Spencer, 
you're pretty much locked into the idea of him being like your three and then KJ being the four and you like he would not be able to then play the four right so like you're kind of locked in or you're kind of pigeonhole yourself a little bit more in terms of positioning whereas someone like Kaluma you could maybe get away with doing more in terms of lineup mixing for sure uh Julian Phillips is interesting unbelievable defender he was one of the best defenders in the entire country on the defensive uh, best team in the country in Tennessee really lengthy wing could play the four or the three for you but can't really shoot did um, have some really good driving abilities and really good offensive rebounder, but it kind of seems like based on his testing, he's been blowing it out that he might stay in the NBA. Certainly would be one to watch if he doesn't. Terrence Shannon is one that's really of interest. He's already transferred uh, once, but he's a graduate now. So he started his first three years at Texas Tech. Okay, you saw him a lot. At Tech in his three years, 11 points per game. He was a very streak shooter. 35% from three over the totality of it, but he would have games where he'd be like 0 for 8 and then other games where he'd just hit everything. And then his one year at Illinois last year, 17 points per game, four and a half rebounds, almost three assists. I don't know if you remember this. He also shot a 32% from three on five threes per game. But uh, Terrence Shannon was going to go to Michigan. Hmm. And then he got denied from like the, I forget what it was. It was like the the grade stuff because Michigan is like super hard on you for getting grades. So it didn't allow him in. He ended up going to Illinois and Hunter Dickinson was super excited about having Terrence Shannon and was like very brash publicly about what Michigan how that was messed up he didn't get in wow um so maybe there's a relationship there if yeah. he, he decides yeah. to come back from the draft and that would go be else. that would be another body that would be similar to Arthur Kaluma type yeah six foot six 210 pounds you can play him at the three you can play yeah. him at the four he probably he can handle you, the ball you probably couldn't play him at the five but no you could still do a lot of different versatile stuff with him so that that I think we've done a pretty good job outlining like those are the three options for K get another get another guard shooter type or get a just a bona fide wing or go for the two big style. Those are kind of the options in front of KU right now. Yep, and obviously grad transfers can enter whenever, so for all we know, there's names that we don't know about right now. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. Four RCST trivia matchups coming up next, starting with our next segment on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk, 4 o'clock hour on KLWN. As we get ready for more RCST trivia, brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. And this will be a 3-10 matchup between Isaac Henderson and Jared Lenz in the Sizzling 16 of the River at Print and Skate region. River at has screen printing and a skate shop with embroidery and promotional products also available, art and logo creation. They are also KU licensed. Skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, and safety gear. They have a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. And they can help you out with custom apparel like our trivia shirts and hats. Follow them on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop and at river at skate shop for the skate side. Give them a call at 785 785- Three seven one sixteen six zero. So Jared's your friend. What are your expectations for him going up against a Titan Dude, in this event in Isaac? Jared has had such a Mickey Mouse run to the Sizzling Sixteen. I mean, has there is there any more fraud in the Sizzling Sixteen right now? I don't think so. Wow, I don't think there is. Going hard after him. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, he deserves it. He deserves I mean, it. What did he? What has he done? He what answered he done? all five questions right in the exhibition match. You don't think that yeah, counts? That was or an something? exhibition. What is that worth? I mean, it's still it's still proved. Okay, you know, sure. It's, like, it's like when Patrick Mahomes had that throw in the preseason game against the Falcons. Do you remember that? Like throw seventy like yards, yeah, yeah, like down okay, the yeah. field. I do remember that. It it didn't count for anything, but at the same point in time, it was like that was kind of no, impressive. That's fine. No, I, you know? I don't mean to be hard on Jared. I think I think Jared's great, and I think he'll he should have a decent chance here. I mean, we've kind of talked about it. You know, once you get to this round, it's every game could basically be a coin flip, right? So he definitely has a chance, but 
And you know, with Isaac, who uh, I, this is a busy week for him. I understand that at his uh, yeah. where he works, so maybe he's not as dialed in, not as locked in as he usually is. Jared can catch him <laughs> off guard. Yeah, this is the I, week I to get know. him. I guess I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like some Isaac's team's been dealing with the flu through this week, you know, so they're coming in and Jared might have a chance, but I, it's hard to pick against Isaac. Right? Yep, I mean, it is. He's he's. It's clear that he has come into this this tournament on a war path, and I feel like. <laughs> I feel like his reign of destruction might continue. Well, it's funny we because Isaac was year one. We got blown away when he would answer. He answered a couple of really hards that we were like, "There's no way anybody's going to get him," and he got him. And the last, really, this year and, and last year, this year, just because he hasn't really gotten there yet uh, due to the matchup going that long. But we haven't seen that moment in a few years. So who knows? Maybe this is the matchup that can push him to that moment. Let's just get into it next. We're in the sizzling 16 for a few more matchups today, and we're in the River at Print Skate region. Three seed Isaac Henderson, 10 seed Jared Lenz. And for Jared, this is his first trivia appearance. He's already made it to the sizzling 16. Jared, I, I have good news for you. Uh, the appeals committee decided to count your exhibition correct answers to your record for purposes of getting a proper seed on you in future years. So you do count now as 7-0, and but you are headed to the Sizzling 16 here. You're taking on a former champ in Isaac. What is your level of confidence into this matchup? Uh, going up against a former champion, the confidence is we're just going to do all we can. Um, if the opponent just comes out and, and gets hot from three or something, that's... That's something that's out of our control. So we're just going to answer the questions to the best of our ability. Isaac, you uh, made it past the round that you lost in last year. This is, for you, your third sizzling 16. You've made two grade eights already and trying to get back to that phenomenal four, which you've already made twice as well. 14-2 and two on trivia advancements all-time, 63-7 and seven on questions. You are both second all-time in correct answers and in advancements. You obviously have the one title, but... Is it a little lonely out there because you are one of our three all-time champions? You're the only one remaining. Does that make you feel better or worse? Uh, I think it just kind of goes to show the uh, the volatility of the tournament and, and how tough it is to really go on those deep runs year after year. Um, you know, the uh, I think uh, it's either it's either I win a second one and become the first, or we uh, induct a fourth member into the Champions Club. So. Uh, I guess, obviously, I hope uh, we just keep it at three members, but I guess we'll kind of see here. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, Isaac, for you, it's obviously been a busy week uh, at work. Do, have you have you been able to study this week at all? Yeah, um, early in the week, uh, did a little more. It's uh, definitely a little taxing, uh, but I appreciate the flexibility. And, uh, you know, work time, uh, we're turned off from there. But we're focused on trivia here today. So, Jared, uh, getting that exhibition match last week against Nick, do you feel like that better prepared you for today? I do. It, it's nice to get in some reps, although they weren't competitive. They didn't count. It did feel good to get those hard questions and answer a couple of them correctly. So I think this will be my first real test, though. All right. Well, Jared, you are the lower seed. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I want to go second. Second it is. That means Isaac will be up first once again for reaching the Sizzling 16. You both have received a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, a trivia t-shirt from River at Print and Skate, and tickets to a Sporting KC2 game. Winner of this will move to the grade eight, get a blue or white number one Kansas basketball mini jersey, 
from Mini Jerseys, where you can also get a great birthday present or Father's Day gift, or just get one for yourself. Build your own showcase on a shelf. Build your own wall with a man cave of your own rafters of your favorite KU basketball players. You can just have a cover for your favorite beverage or perfect for the tree during the holidays. And it supports your favorite KU player now with NIL. Go to minijerseys.com slash Kansas-Jayhawks to get your own, but winner of this will get one here. Uh, you're getting a t-shirt from Home Field Apparel, KU t-shirt. You can use 20% off your first order with code RCST at checkout. A voucher for a free sandwich and breakfast sandwich at McDonald's. A $14 car wash pass at Mr. D's Auto Wash. An auto entry into the 2024 tournament with a top two seed. So Isaac, your first question. We start in the easy round. Name a team that Kansas beat in the Big 12 this season. Uh, they beat Baylor. They did beat Baylor. That was a fun one. That comeback that was in Allen Fieldhouse with uh, College Game Day in town. Jared, your first question. Name a team that Kansas was beat by in the Big 12 this season. Kansas State. Yeah, that was not a fun one in uh, Manhattan that they lost that game. All right, back to you, Isaac, as we move up to the medium round of questions. What SEC school did Malik Newman transfer to or, or to Kansas from? So what SEC school did Malik Newman transfer to Kansas from? Uh, Mississippi State. That is right. He was at Mississippi State for a year, then transferred. That was pre-new transfer rules, so he did have to sit out a year. And then wound up at Kansas, had a heck of a season. All right, Jared, your medium question. What Big Ten school did Isaiah Moss transfer to Kansas from? Iowa. Yep. Who could forget Isaiah Moss? Certainly his dad could not. Okay. <laughs> On to the hard round. Back to you, Isaac, as we're going to pick up the mood and intensity spot in the grade eight on the line to take on the winner of Derek Ho versus Sam Oliver and get one step closer to that elusive phenomenal four. Isaac, what team defeated Kansas in the 1953 National Championship game to keep the Jayhawks from winning back-to-back? That would be Indiana. That would be Indiana. Kind of goes in line with uh, some B.H. Bourne stuff. All right, Jared, pressure's on in the hard round. Kansas entered the 1971 Final Four at 26-1, but lost 68-60 to what team who was number one in the AP poll? Oh, boy. UCLA. That is right. Sometimes if you don't know it, just you think they're good in the 70s. UCLA, that's a good guess. And that is the correct answer. All right, we're moving up to the really hard round of questions. Back to you, Isaac. With 16.4 points per game, what six-foot-six junior forward led the Jayhawks in scoring in the 1966 to 1967 season. That'd be uh, Bon and Steel. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and no that way. <laughs> is why Isaac is a one-time champion who has almost won a couple. Man. There's just, there's just no way. There's no way. <laughs> 
I'll say this. When me and Nick talked about these two questions today, we said there is zero chance that anybody gets them. Isaac, my hat off to you, sir. Jared, let's see if you can you can answer your prayer here. This is a Hail Mary for you. In the now non-existent third place game, KU lost to Western Kentucky in 1971 despite 16 points, 16 rebounds from what six foot eleven senior center? Oh, oh boy! <laughs> I need I need a repeat of the question. Yeah, in the now non-existent third place game, KU lost to Western Kentucky in 1971 despite 16 points and 16 rebounds from what six foot eleven senior center? Ten seconds. I don't even know if this is the correct name, but is it Clyde Lovett? Fortunately, Clyde Lovett is back in the 50s. The answer we were going for is another Roger, because it was Roger Bonensteel on Isaacs. It is Roger Brown on this correct answer. So the matchup ends there, but I got to say, so Jared, you, you can't feel bad about losing like that, right? No. No, we we're we feel good about that. Okay. We we answered UCLA was a good good lucky guess. We answered what three right, so we we feel we don't feel too disappointed. It was our it's our first attempt at this tournament. We're gonna build on it, and we're gonna be better for next year. Isaac, man, how the heck did you get that? <laughs> that's uh that that's the study right there. That was one uh, in a study session that came up actually uh, earlier this week. So. Um, I know. Uh, I know. Later, Kyle will be listening, and he'll be. Uh, that was one that that he was really <laughs> fond of that answer. So that that's what kind of stuck out there for me. That is awesome. Well, as as part of the the study group that you mentioned, it's it's been noted that you, Kyle Martin, Andrew Filer, all part of this study group, and now you and Kyle have both advanced to the grade eight. Andrew Filer is still waiting to get there. What would it mean if all three of you could get to the grade eight? Uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. It's uh, obviously it's nice to see the work put in, and uh, obviously it's a it's a little more fun when when you're still in it competing. It's uh kind of sour grapes when you lose and still have to listen to the other guys prepare and everything. So uh, we're actually uh, we're gonna get after it tonight for Andrew's matchup tomorrow. Okay, so if all three of you advance, will you continue to study together, or will there be any strategic? Yeah, like at what like point do study? you stop studying with each yeah. other for a competition yeah. exactly. perspective? You know, you know, we we haven't quite got that far. I think that's a bridge we'll cross when we do get there. <laughs> um, you know, and may, maybe it might be better to study together before we play each other and just only throw them softball questions. So they're not getting anything <laughs> any, anything out of it. So. Well, uh, Jared, we appreciate being a part of this and, and good first run in trivia. We hope to have you back next year with a higher seed. And, and Isaac, man, that's why uh, you are what you are. We Just awesome stuff. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Wow. I I thought there was no chance anybody was going to answer Dude, that. Dude, I don't even know who Roger Bonnensteel is. I know. Is that, even a real, is that even a real guy? I'll be honest. You could ask me that same question now. I just asked it, and I'd probably get it wrong. I have no idea. That's incredible. That is insane. Yeah. Hey, listen, Jared, put up a, put up a valiant effort, put up a valiant fight. I don't think he should feel bad at all about that performance. And listen, at the end of the day, for Jared, sizzling sixteen in your first year in the tournament, like that's that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. I think he should be very pleased with that. But Isaac, man, just like I predicted, on a war path. I mean, he's got to be the favorite for the tournament now, right? Just off that question alone. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, 
I I said the other day that I thought Justin would be the betting favorite Isaac at that point Justin. because Isaac hadn't advanced yet. So Justin was one game further, one possible less opportunity to lose. Now that Isaac is through and the other two champions, Tyler and Eric, are out, I think he has to be the betting favorite. Okay, so Isaac and Justin, top two. Then would you throw Brian in there? Um, what about Kyle Martin? Man, I, I think both of them. I, I don't know, man. I, I think they'd all be pretty even odds, I guess would be the way of putting it, because I okay. think they all know their stuff. And I think everybody who's in this can win it. Like, I don't think anybody would be too far back of each other. Maybe Isaac would be like, I don't know, plus 200, and Justin would be plus 300, and then you'd have Kyle, Chris, and Brian think, all somewhere between like plus 400 and plus 600. I think 600. Eli would be like plus 10,000. Mm. Well, we have his matchup later today. Let's see if he can make it through. Uh, we do have another matchup, though, coming up next. It is a two-seed Andrew Filer versus six-seed Ben Wilson in the Johnny's Tavern region, which is our bottom right region, to take on. Justin Nichols in that next round. RCST Trivia brought to you by our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, and River at Print and Skate. We'll be back for that next matchup next on RCST. All right, second matchup of the day coming up in the Johnny's Tavern region between the two-seed Andrew Filer and the six-seed Ben Wilson. You know, we've, we've talked about this tournament, how it's been the tournament of breaking through. Eli breaking through the first round for the first time, making the sizzling 16. Brian breaking through to the grade eight. Kyle, Chris breaking through to those grade eights. Ben has broken through to the sizzling 16 for the first time. We'll see what that means for him moving forward. And for Andrew, he's been to the grade eight a couple times. He's, he's had deep runs before. He's trying to break through to the phenomenal four. So this should be a really, really fun matchup in that Johnny's Tavern region. Once again, Johnny's Tavern, one of our title sponsors. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th year anniversary, and that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more details about a 70th anniversary celebration at our original location in North Lawrence where you can be a part of the neighborhood porch. Of course, there's now 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. You can try any of the great food or beverages, including the new beer, the Blue Collar Lager beer. You can only get a Johnny's that's brewed by the Free State Brewing Company. Any thoughts uh, before we head into this matchup. Okay, so Andrew, he is uh, he works at Johnny's, right? Yes. Mistaken. Okay, so I don't know if we've discussed this, but the fact that he's in the Johnny's region, <laughs> does that give him an extra home court advantage of any kind, or does that help him at all, you think? Oh, man. Um... I mean, he's technically, he's the home team, right? Yeah, at that yeah, point. yeah, he's got home court advantage, basically. It's like when Kansas... But that's the problem. It's like when Kansas plays in Kansas City. Oh, true. Sometimes bad stuff happens. Yeah, that's a good point. So, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know how that affects things. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good, good question. Very good question. A winner of this will take on Justin Nichols. Let's get into the matchup. This is a 2-6 matchup in the sizzling 16 of the Johnny's <clears throat> Tavern region. The two-seed, Andrew Filer. The six-seed, Ben Wilson. And uh, Ben... This is your first sizzling 16. You've gotten close, but now that you've made it through, do you feel like that with the monkey off your back, so to speak, that you're playing you know, with house money and at this point you're looser than ever, that, that this could help you make a deeper run into trivia? Uh, I think at this point, yeah, anything can happen. You know, the farther you get in the bracket, less people stand your way from uh, that championship. So, try to roll the ball out and see what happens. And, Ben, you, you said last week that if you would have lost again in the second round, that, that might have been it for you in your trivia career. Uh, is anything like that on the line today? Uh, I don't think so. Finally getting past the round of 32, uh, I, I feel like I don't have to retire anymore. Okay. Well, Andrew, you've been to this round uh, twice before. You've made it through to the grade eight. That was last year, which helped earn you a two seed here. And actually, you've made the grade eight twice and uh, three sizzling 16s here. So you've been experienced. You've been to this round before. What what does it take to get over the hump? What does it take to move from this round to the next round? Is there anything specific? 
you know, a, a little bit of luck, uh, a little bit of how the, the ball bounces, I suppose. You know, it takes talent and luck in the NCAA tournament. I think I've said it before. I think it takes a little talent, a little luck in this whole trivia shebang as well. So here we are. Let's hope the ball bounces our way today. A lot's been made about the study group between yourself, Kyle Martin, Isaac Henderson. Both Isaac and Kyle have have advanced on to the grade eight at this point. Do you feel extra pressure yeah. to join them? I said it last week that I think both of those two are, are, are stronger than I am. So, you know, no, <laughs> but at the same time, yes, because they're going to give me... I almost cussed, man. Thank Jeez you. Louise. They're going to give me crap no matter what. So, I, you know, I'm just going to go out there and do my best and see how it goes. So That's why we record no, these things. No, no extra pressure today. <laughs> That's one of the reasons we record these things, just in case. Because we have had a few this I've year. I've dropped a couple of F-bombs. I've dropped a couple yeah, of you, F-bombs. Yeah, you've been a past recipient. That, so. We've had a couple this year. I don't remember what specific customer, <laughs> but you can uh, leave your mind open to interpretation there. All right, well, the winner of this <laughs> is going to move on to the grade eight. You've already received a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. A River App Print and Skate RCST Trivia t-shirt and Sporting KC2 tickets. Winner gets a blue or white number one Kansas basketball mini jersey from Mini Jerseys. Check them out. Great for a Father's Day gift, birthday gift. Uh, it's a versatile gift. You can make your own rafters of KU players. It can be a cover for your favorite beverage on the tree during the holidays. And you get to support your favorite KU player with Mini Jerseys. So check them out. Minijerseys.com slash Kansas-Jayhawks. You get a KU t-shirt from Homefield Apparel. Use code RCST at checkout to get 20% off. You get a free breakfast sandwich and regular sandwich from McDonald's, a $14 car wash pass to Mr. D's Auto Wash, and auto entry into 2024 RCST Trivia with a top two seed next to your name. Ben, you are the lower seed here. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll take first. First it is. Andrew, you're up second, and we'll start in the easy round of questions as we have ditched the really easies into the sizzling 16, spotting the grade eight on the line in the Johnny's Tavern region, facing off against the one seed with Justin Nichols. All right, Ben, for you, name a player that Kansas has lost in the transfer portal this offseason. Sure. Uh, Kyle Cuff. That's right, Kyle Cuff. You had a lot to choose from there, a lot to choose from. All right, Andrew, your first question. Name a player that Kansas has gained in the transfer portal this offseason. I think I answered this last week. Let's go with Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, yours was something along the line of, I think this Michigan big man came in or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, Hunter Dickinson, Nick Timberlake, Terrio Morris, and uh, Parker Brown, now the latest. All right, on to the medium round of questions. Back to you, Ben. What guard led KU with three assists in the 2012 National Championship game, a loss to Kentucky. I'll go Tyshawn Taylor. That's right. No need to overthink it. Tyshawn Taylor, the correct answer. Not a ton of assists there, but three of them, the answer. Could have been Tyshawn. Could have been Elijah Johnson. Those would have been the popular guesses there. All right, Andrew, for you. What Jayhawk forward recorded a double-double in KU's 2017 Elite Eight loss to Oregon? Um. Oh man. I remember Josh Jackson got in foul trouble, so that's kind of. Uh oh. Ten seconds. I'm gonna say Josh Jackson. You are correct. Josh Jackson Ball. did have a double double despite getting in foul trouble. He was uh, quite the good player. Yeah, with that one, it's it's a little tricky because of that foul trouble, if you know it. But 
once you get down to forwards, it's like, are you really going to guess LeGerald Vick? Or I don't even know if he is a forward. I don't know. All right, on to the hard round we go. To you, Ben. Kansas lost just one regular season game in the 1996 to 1997 season. Who did it come against? First thought was Missouri. Like, like a tournament in November. Oh. Um, 10 seconds. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Missouri. Let's go Missouri. Woo, both of you guys had a, a name pop up in your head on the last two questions and started talking yourself out of it, but those were the correct answers. Yes, Missouri was their one regular season loss. All right, Andrew, for you. Kansas overcame a 12-point halftime deficit to down what school in the 1991 Elite Eight? Um, There's two schools I'm thinking of. I... Crap. Uh, Arkansas. You guys are killing it with the educated guesses right now. That's for sure. Arkansas, the right answer. I was it Arkansas or Indiana? Were those the two you were stuck between? Yeah, yeah. And then for some reason, Duke popped into my head like right there. And I was like, I think they lost them in the final four that year. So, or national championship year. Uh, So, yeah. Yep. The pairing of those questions was significant 90s games if there was a category involved with that. All right. Ben, back to you. We move up to the really hard round. Kansas went just 8 and 18. In the 1972 to 1973 season, yeah, not a, not a great season. What six foot ten center led the team in points per game at 16.3? Uh, Dave Robish. That is incorrect. We had a Robish one the other day. He just missed out on that. That was uh, a year or two after him. The correct answer is Rick Suttle. Yeah. Ah. Okay, Andrew, your chance to win it in the really hard round. In the 1974 Midwest Regional Semifinal, KU downed Creighton 55 to 54 behind 18 points from what six foot six forward. Uh, there's a couple names. I'm gonna say Danny Knight. It's a good name to throw out there that I don't know that a lot of the younger generation knows about who's a good player, but the correct answer is the father of one Brady Morningstar. It was Roger Morningstar. Correct answer there. Those are two tough ones. Those are two tough ones. All right, we're going to move back to the hard round. Back to you, Ben. What eight seed scored 52 second-half points to upend top-seeded Kansas in the second round of the 1998 NCAA tournament? That would have been Rhode Island. That would have been Rhode Island. That was the uh, crushing end to the careers of Paul Pierce and Rifle Friends. All right, Andrew, back to you. What 16 seed led Kansas 37 to 35 at halftime, but would eventually lose 70 to 59 in the 2002 NCAA tournament first round? (laughs) 
I get these. O two and O three always kind of throw me back to back. Um, it was Holy Cross. Yep, the one you're thinking of in 03 was Utah State. Both were close That's games. It, yeah. Way That's too it. close for comfort, but you hit it right. Holy Cross, the answer. What a matchup we have here. Woo! Back to the really hard. Back to you, Ben. En route to a Final Four appearance, Kansas defeated what school? 73-71 to in the 1971 Midwest Regional Finals. I don't know if I can even get on this one. I'm blanking on the nickname. Um, Lob something out there. Oklahoma. The correct answer is the former school, although he wasn't there at the time, of Joe Yesifu, Drake. Drake was the answer there. All right, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Got another chance to win it in the really hard. It's funny how the question worked out this way. Led by 19 Danny Knight points. Kansas won 93 to 90 in overtime against who in the 1974 Midwest Regional Finals? Kyle Martin's going to be really upset at me if I don't hit this on the head. <laughs> um, there are so many schools in the 70s that just keep popping up. Um, 10 seconds. SMU. Well, he's going to be mad at you. The correct answer is Oral Roberts. Oh, son of a... We looked at that <laughs> last night, man. Jesus Christ. All right, back Oral to the hard round. <laughs> All right, Ben. Who did Kansas defeat in the 1997 Big 12 Tournament Championship game? Missouri. That's right. You've gotten a couple Missouri ones, and you've gotten them both right. All right, Andrew, push us again to the really hard round. In that 1996 to 1997 season, Kansas only had one Big 12 home game that even finished within single digits. It went to overtime, but the Jayhawks still won 82 to 77. What Big 12 school did they play? Man. That is tough. Um, I'm going to go with Iowa State. Correct answer is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. (sighs) Damn. Wouldn't have thought Nebraska there. Ben, if those questions would have been reversed, would you have hit Nebraska? Uh, I would not have hit Nebraska. I I would never get up for basketball. Uh, Andrew, would you have hit the other one, the Missouri one? I think it would have gone Missouri, yeah. yeah, I think I would have gotten that, but that's all right. Oh, man, that is tough. It, it, the question you're going to be kicking yourself over the most, is it going to be the Oral Roberts one because that was asked last night? Probably Oral Roberts. Um, yeah, Oral Roberts. I wouldn't have had even a second guess. I, Roger Morningstar wouldn't have been a, a first, second, or third guess in that one. So, yeah, that's tough. Ben, you're moving on to the grade eight for the first time. What does this feel like? It feels amazing. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, trivia is 
so much fun. And so it, it just, the fact that you keep playing, uh, it, it's awesome. I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. I'm, I'm, I'm at work. I want to scream, but I don't think that'd be appropriate. <laughs> well, Andrew, what is your role going to be here? Because obviously it's part of the study group with Kyle and Isaac moving forward. Are you still yeah. going to help them out? Yeah, I mean, if if they want me to, I for sure will. I think I need to come up with a good set of questions um, just to help give them some advantages here and, and, you know, help them keep going. The goal last year was for one of us to get a freaking trophy and none of us got a freaking trophy. So so let's go get one of them a trophy, you know. <laughs> there you go. Well, still a successful season. You've made the sizzling yep. 16 three times now. Uh, ben, man, congratulations for, for moving further than you've ever been. Good work, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Rock Thanks. Rock. Good luck, Ben. Have a good time, man. Wow. So Ben with the upset, man. I feel bad that for was a, That was a marathon. That was a marathon. Uh, ends up being seven rounds of questions. And Ben answered five of them correct. It's funny because you, as you go late in the, later in the tournament, like Andrew's technically going to have a four and three record from that one. But records are built different later in the tournament than early because we don't have the really easy. So in theory, he would have been five and three at that point. And like the ones you're getting wrong are all like really hard. Yeah, I'm starting to worry a little bit now. I, I think before we asked those questions, I thought they were the same tier of like, who did Kansas defeat in the 97 Big 12 Tournament Championship game? Maybe something you would forget versus uh, what to me I would have thought because I, I wasn't a KU fan at that time. I was two years old or something um, <laughs> that a regular season overtime game, the only game that was single digits that year where you almost lost to a team that's notoriously bad at basketball. I thought that would have stuck out. So I thought I, I think we both had the same thought because, again, both for same of us, like since we both didn't live it, maybe it was hard oh. for both of us to judge. Yeah. Well, how, how hard and I'm what, worried a little bit was was Andrews a little bit harder than what, ben's? I, what I do think is like I think with the first question about the tournament championship game because it's Missouri I think you have a, re, a reasonably better chance of kind of guessing it or thinking it out and guessing the right answer versus the Nebraska question which you heard from Andrew like he did it was clear that he wasn't 100% sure what the answer was right and so he was trying to just guess it out and I I don't Nebraska might have been like his seventh or eighth guess right because you look at it from you look look at it from two different perspectives. If that's the case, when that KU team was so dominant, it's either okay, it was an overtime game, probably against somebody else who was really good in the Big Twelve, right? That's probably your immediate thought, which would have which would if you do that, if you go down that thought process, it completely eliminates Nebraska. So that's where I think maybe you could make the argument that they were not quite the same. It's like yeah. the championship one with Missouri. I think you have a reasonably better chance to maybe guess it. Versus the Nebraska one, if you don't really know the answer, right. so it, I mean, I think they were pretty fair for the most part. Uh, I, I guess maybe from the KU fan perspective, like KU fans might have a better recollection of games against Missouri because of the rivalry, which might make it a little easier as well. But I, I, I think they were pretty even for the most part. I would yeah. say, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I think they're both hards. I think they're in the correct. Yeah. Like obviously, if you know it. Like would Ben you, did, which he answered like so you quickly. Paired them with other questions. Yeah, maybe. I I feel like maybe in hindsight, and maybe I could have added the context of well, it was a Big Twelve North team for the second one to equal it out a little bit more. But then again, it, it that wouldn't have changed him guessing Iowa State. So I don't know. I do feel bad for Andrew, but I guess it's unfortunate. Like I I feel bad saying this, but sometimes, like I I can't. Dude, sometimes get every question exactly perfect. Sometimes and the call doesn't and go your way. I know sometimes Andrew knows if you're that. Sometimes Devonte Graham, you get yeah. called for a foul. Against but it doesn't make me feel any less bad. So I feel bad for him. But again, I feel good for Ben also. Yeah. So well, like we talked about, we're at this. We're at the stage of the tournament where you don't want anybody to lose, right? right. Like you, you're rooting for everybody. Yep. All right, we have one more or two more trivia matchups coming up today. One more this hour. This is RCST trivia on KLWN. Depend on it. 
Welcome back into RCST Trivia, brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River App Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. We are headed over to the 23rd Street Brewery region, where it'll be the three-seed Andrew Wymore versus the seven-seed Eli Loney to take on Brian Rainey in the next round. 23rd Street Brewery, one of our title sponsors, great spot to watch all the games. Check out the patio, perfect for the heating weather. You can even bring your dog out there. They've got great service, great beer, and great food as well. Try the new Fitzgerald Rubin, any of the great sandwiches, burgers, pastas, appetizers. Check them out in Lawrence with 23rd Street Brewery. So Eli has uh, certainly been a brash competitor here. Uh, what are your thoughts on him taking on Andrew Wymore, who survived that controversial, really easy round True. a week ago? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Would there be a better storyline matchup than Brian Rainey, the darling of the tournament, versus Eli in the grade eight? Wouldn't that be the best storyline matchup for the tournament, potentially? <laughs> Just from a standpoint of, like, wholesome versus, uh, versus I don't know, uh, getting under, bombastic, you know, yeah, I guess might be go. a good word. That's a good word. Bombastic's a good word. Yeah, but obviously, you got to get through this matchup first if you're Eli or for Andrew, right? So, yeah, the, the Andrew one's interesting because I, I think the attention will go to sort of the controversy of that. But at the end of the day, he's been a really strong performer. Yeah, he's so a far. very good performer. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people are going to focus on that uh, sort of uh, potential mishap that he had in the, in the really easy, but this is still a, a very, very tough competitor, and I think the the great thing about Eli is that I know he won't overlook anybody, right? He's he's definitely the type that's not going to overlook his opponent, so that, to me, sets it up for what should be a, a pretty good matchup. Well, there's part of me, too, that wonders with that controversial type of thing, does that almost give you new life where you feel like, oh, no, I, I could have like I was I was very close to losing. Now I have yeah. a second life. Now I have yeah. a second win. Oh, yeah. You know? It's like, you're the, you know, you're the number one seed and there's like three minutes left in the first half and you're tied with your 16 and you're and it's like, what are we what is going on? <laughs> what are we doing? And then, you know, you, you're like, OK, figure it out. We're the number one seed. Let's go out and, and do that. And yeah, Andrew could very well do that. Andrew could very well do that. Uh, All right. So we'll see. Let's get into the matchup. This is a three seven matchup. Andrew Wymore. Against Eli Loney in the uh, 23rd Street Brewery region. Winner's going to take on the four seed Brian Rainey. And Andrew, you got by with a little bit of controversy last week over Blake from the really easy answer. You've gone seven and four all time in matchups, 38 and four on questions, six and oh this year. You have a phenomenal four under your belt. You have a great eight under your belt. You have a couple sizzling 16s now. Um, so I guess what, what has been over the last week since your last matchup? What has it been like getting prepared amidst all the controversy? Well, you know, Derek, we don't pay attention to that. Uh, we've just uh, been following scouting report all week. I think we've had a good uh, couple weeks of practice. It's been two full weeks uh, since our last match, so we're certainly well rested. Uh, but we're just here on the dog-friendly patio at the 23rd Street Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and been enjoying some Bill Self mac and cheese. Yeah, and I noticed you got a little pup friend there. Would you like to share your uh, dog's name and what type of dog you have? Uh, this is Trajan. She's a golden doodle. Is she a good luck charm? <laughs> She's by my side uh, the last match, so sure, why not? Could maybe, be. Maybe. Eli, is that is that, I don't know, is that messed up of Andrew to bring a, dr a dog to try to soften up your heart headed into this matchup? A dog is the only thing that I will respect as a hater. <laughs> you, you've turned into the villain of this tournament. I think Nick said you're for sure not making a phenomenal four. I did say that, yeah. Uh, would you like to respond to that? 
Sit back and watch, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's calm, cool, collected. Small words, but big meaning out of them uh, right now. Um, so, Eli, you are the lower seed here. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, I'll go first. First it is. Andrew's up second. 23rd Super Region. Winner takes on Brian Rainey. We'll start in the easy round of questions. First for you, Eli. On January 21st of 2023, Kansas was crushed at home 83-60 to to what Big 12 opponent who wears purple and has a hypnotoad? I was at this game, unfortunately. TCU. Well, if Andrew's dog is a good luck charm, maybe that makes you a bad luck charm, unfortunately. All right. <laughs> all right. I was not at that game. Oh, oh. all right. Oh. Andrew, your first question then. One game prior, Kansas lost in overtime on the road. State. Yep. It was to what other purple Big 12 opponent, 83-82. to 82. That was uh, not a fun one for KU. I was also not at that game. All right, we'll start doing what games have you not been at moving forward. All right, into the medium round. Back to you, Eli. Despite losing to Michigan State in the 2009 Sweet 16, Kansas got 20 points on 9 of 13 shooting from what player? We'll go Sharon Collins. Yep, no need to overthink it in the medium round. Sharon Collins is the correct answer. Had a heck of a game. KU couldn't stave off the comeback from Michigan State. All right, Andrew, for you. In KU's 2016 Elite Eight loss to Villanova, Kansas got 16 points and a team-high four assists and 40 minutes played. So every minute from who? Craig Mason. Yep, again, no need to overthink it. Once you hear the 40 minutes, that should eliminate Devontae Graham, who got fouled out. Perry Ellis had a tough game, and then the four assists narrows you down to Frank, I, probably over Wayne. I was at that game in Louisville. Mm, also not a fun one. Man. Okay, on to the hard round we go. Both of you guys 2-0 so far. And neither one of you have missed a question to this point. I hope I didn't just jinx it. Andrew's 8-0 this year. Eli is 9-0. Eli, back to you. Kansas began the 2004-2005 to season ranked number one in the country. They started the year 14-0 before losing by 21 points on the road against what opponent? got no idea, so I'll just throw out a Big 12 name. We'll go Oklahoma State. It was prior to Big 12 play. The correct answer is Villanova. That was the game that KU wore the red uniforms, and then Bill Self was like, I ain't wearing those again until I think Devontae Graham convinced him to on senior day, or maybe it was Frank Mason. I don't know. Either way. All right, Andrew. How's that again? Would you, so, okay. So would you have known the answer then? I do. I did. Okay. Well, let's see if you know this one. And it's... Kansas wouldn't lose again that season in 0405 until February 14th in a double Texas overtime Tech. loss. <laughs> <laughs> With a little celeb or uh, I guess I don't know. Those are those are extra bonus points for answering early. You can get in trouble there because who knows where the context is going to go, but you hit them both times this time. Texas Tech was the uh double overtime loss that year. I forget the name of the guy, but some guy for Tech went off for like 
40 points or something. I could be wrong there. The start of the Z or maybe that's a different year. I don't know. I thought it was that year, but yeah, it was one of those losses. And weirdly enough, I know uh, Bill Self had his worst road record in Lubbock, even over Stillwater for a while there. But Andrew, you move on. And that was a, a impressive performance, nailing two questions before the question even came through. You're headed to your second grade eight. Does this one feel better or the same than the last one a couple years ago? Uh, the same, you know, We've said before that we take all of these as um, just a series of two-game tournaments. So we're just moving on to the second round of uh, this one. And we're going to enjoy the next uh, couple days here at the 23rd Street Brewery still. That's right. That's right. And uh, Eli, you fall short here, but the way that Andrew performed today, I don't think you can hang your head. Absolutely not. Do you have any words you want to give to the haters, though, who thought that you wouldn't make it this far? Well, I mean, I don't know why everyone's calling me a villain. I mean, I've just been doing my thing, and that's just the media out there. They're just twisting my words, making me out to be a villain, you know? All right, well, I'll blame Nick for that. Guys, (laughs) we appreciate it. Andrew, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. So fun one there. Andrew Wymore moves on to his second grade eight. Uh, unfortunately, Andrew Filer couldn't get through. Otherwise, this would have been the tournament of the Andrews. So officially, we don't have a tournament of one name. Hey, I got. You have to I, have just, multiple uh, names. I just got off the phone with with Eli's agent, and he said that <laughs> uh, he said that under no circumstances will Eli be allowed to return. Wow. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I think uh, be, maybe you know he's some of his outgoing. Thoughts mm. and, uh, and trying ideas to maybe kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. Wow, they're trying to muzzle him. Uh, we will not of, let that know, happen. But maybe there was some locker room issues. Uh-uh. No, involved. Eli, you were invited back. <laughs> you were invited back. And by the way, uh, before we went on air, Eli had my back. You are a crazy person for thinking tater tots are the same as mozzarella sticks. I didn't sticks. think they were the same. I just thought that they might be mm. similar if they're both loaded. Well, that was a conversation we had yesterday during the KU mailbag. If you missed it, and you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> You can check that out on the Best of Our CST podcast, as you can with trivia and uh, today's show. That wasn't as good as the A&W, though. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to listen to that, too, for the uh, authentic response there. Okay, uh, we have one more trivia matchup today, and then we'll be fully into the grade eight. It'll be the 16-seed Derek Ho, the four-seed Sam Oliver. We'll do that in the 5 o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. 5 o'clock hour here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. One more trivia matchup to go. Once again, trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River App Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. We'll finish things up in the River App Print and Skate region. One of our other title sponsors is Pella Windows and Doors. Next trivia question, what Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows and Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for 65 years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and any budget, schedule your free consultation at pelicansas.com. So our final sizzling 16 matchup is the 16-seed Derek Ho and the 4-seed with Sam Oliver. What are your expectations headed into this matchup? Well, Derek is carrying the banner for the last of kind of the the upset Cinderella stories, really, of the tournament, right? Chris Freeman, the other 16-seed, he lost. Chris Conway, the 13-seed, he lost. Uh, Eli Loney, who was the 7-seed, lost. Jared, who was the 10-seed, lost. So he's he's kind of the last one of the of the real true Cinderella stories left in the tournament. 
And, uh, you know, Sam didn't really get tested in a second-round matchup against Dalton, if you remember right. So I, I don't. it kind of goes back to that question of is that a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not really sure. We know Derek is good. We know he knows his stuff, and he definitely uh, is well above his 16 seed next to his name. But uh, I, I don't know. This is an interesting one, and I think uh, I think it probably could go either way. But uh, I, you know, I, I think when you when you're a Cinderella, what normally happens? What normally happens is through maybe your first couple games, you're just riding on the highs, right? You're just riding on the emotions of it all, and then eventually it it kind of hits you where you're like, oh crap! Like we're actually in the Sizzlin' 16. We're actually have a chance to advance even further, and that sometimes that can kind of cause you to crumble a little bit. So. I don't know. We'll see how Derek handles the pressure. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very well put. So uh, we'll see how he does. He's certainly uh, shown his worth so far. All right, let's uh, get into the matchup. This is our final great eight matchup and or sizzling 16 matchup. And then the great eight will be set. And we are in the river at print and skate region. The winner of this will take on the three seed Isaac Henderson. It's the four seed Sam Oliver, who's gone five and two in matchups, 21 and two on questions. This is his second sizzling 16. He's trying to make the great eight for the second time. Derek, meanwhile, making his trivia debut. He's gone 8-1 on questions and making it all the way to a sizzling 16. Uh, you and Chris both became the first 16 seeds to make the sizzling 16. You have the opportunity to become the first 16 seed to make the great 8. Uh, but now that you are kind of playing with house money as a 16 seed, what are your thoughts and emotions coming into this matchup, Derek? I'm excited, uh, a little nervous. Uh because um, I'm carrying the mantle uh, for, all, for all the 16 seeds and the, and the underdogs. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, Sam's obviously a very formidable opponent. Was it 21 and two on uh, yep. questions? So, um, I have my work cut out for me. Um, but I believe, as Bill Self said um, in their run, um, you know, the pressure is to get there. Um, you know, and then you can just relax and go play. So, um, I'm kind of, I kind of have that mindset coming into this matchup. Well, Sam, for you, you you made that grade eight in your first ever trivia debut, which is something that Derek is trying to do. Is there something about your first run where it's just you don't know any better? I don't know. Is it harder in, in future years where you start putting more pressure on yourself? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, uh, that first year, it's really exciting. You know, you're uh, it's the first time. And um, I think maybe there's a little bit less pressure that first year, but um, you just got to enjoy the moment, man. And uh, I, I know that feeling that first run. So um, I'm sure Derek's ready to go. And uh, yeah, you just got to go with the punches. Okay. Well, uh, Derek, as you have been the whole way through and will continue to be, you get the option as being the 16 seed. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go second. All right. That means, Sam, you're going to start things off. To this point, both of you have received some nice prizes, chance to win some more. And uh, Sam, to you in the easy round. What Big Ten school did Hunter Dickinson leave to transfer to Kansas from? Michigan. That is correct. And certainly that was a notable recruitment. All right, Derek, your first question. What Pac-12 school did Remy Martin leave to transfer to Kansas from? Arizona State. Yep, and they beat Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse with Remy Martin. Also beat him in uh, Tempe. Ah, there's on a Nick Springer curse. Yep. All right, Sam, back to you in the medium round. What 12 seed out of the Atlantic 10 did Kansas beat 77 to 57 in the 2011 Sweet 16? Richmond. Rich, what? Yep, Richmond. 
is the correct answer there. Beat the Spiders. Moved on to the lead eight. And then things didn't go well. Derek, for you. What 11 seed out of the ACC did Kansas beat 60 to 57 in the 2012 Sweet 16? Um, yes, 2012 Sweet 16. Yeah. And we, KU beat the 11 seed? Yes, 11 seed from the ACC, 60 to 57. 10 I seconds. that was NC State. That was NC State. It was an ugly, ugly game, but they found a way to win it. That team uh, loved playing ugly games. On to the hard round we go. Things pick up. And we're going to go back to you, Sam. Name one of the last two KU walk-ons who wore the number 20 jersey. I feel confident about this, but I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm sure. Uh, was Jankovic 20? Jankovic is number 20. He's worn it, and right before him was Garrett Lewinstra. Okay. For you, Derek, to keep us alive and move it to the really hard round. Name one of the last two KU walk-ons who wore the number five. Ten seconds. Hmm. I have no idea. Lob out a walk I'm, on. I'm, this is wrong. This is wrong. I'm gonna say Kyle Cuff. Yeah, Kyle Cuff mm. on scholarship. He did wear number five. The correct answers: Elijah Elliott. That would have been the really tough one. Evan Manning. Evan Manning, the walk on and the son of Danny Manning, wore number five at KU. And that was a tough way to go out there. Those jersey number questions, really hard. That was an added spin to it with the walk-on part of it. Uh, Sam, let me ask you, if those would have been reversed, would you have hit the number five one? Probably not. It feel, Evan Manning feels like an eternity ago, but, uh, man, yeah, I, I don't know. Jankovic was kind of a guess on my end, so I guess I kind of lucked out. But Derek, would you have gotten uh, the number 21 correct? Yes, I would have. Mm. Um yeah, that, that one was pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, but number five, yeah, the jersey questions, um, I, I knew um, I probably was going to get one, and I tried to study a little bit more on those, but uh, th- those are hard. Yeah, those are, and sometimes that's the unfortunate part of this. We'd love to ask everyone the same question and be in the same forum that you know everybody could just lob up to, but it doesn't work in this setting, unfortunately, and so sometimes we end up with, Things just not going uh, the right way of depending on the order of the questions for for that specific person. But I think, Derek, overall, you got to be happy. Sizzling 16 in your debut. You're clearly going to get a much higher seed next year should you come back. Uh, We appreciate you joining this thing, man, and and I hope you had fun along the way. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, I mean, this was one of the few things I actually enjoyed studying for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes it a little easier. Sam, you're headed to the grade eight for your second time. Does this one, going back to the conversation about your first ride through and the excitement you're feeling, how does this one feel emotionally compared to that one? Um, 
It uh, it's it's uh, just as exciting. I mean, that first one, it being my first year, it uh, I don't know if it took me by surprise, but uh, yeah, this year, you know, you're uh, you're one step away from getting over the hump, um, getting to that the final four. So, um, definitely exciting. Well, guys, we appreciate being a part of this. Derek, look forward to seeing you next year. Sam, we'll see you next week. Right on. Thanks, guys. Good luck, Sam. Man, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, that's yeah. the second time today where starting to wonder like was the was the second one more difficult than the first one you know could have been um, i mean i like i think it's interesting because maybe i, I don't know because like for for me the jankovic one came to me pretty quickly but when i was looking at the questions i thought well you know maybe somebody might overlook that or yeah, they, they might it's like know. the jalen wilson one the other day about the back-to-back rebounds like you yeah. overthink the one that's yeah, right in front of you it. yeah so I think I that's know. there. And then if you if you don't remember, if if you overthink the thing in front of you, you're not going to remember Garrett Lewinster. He was here for a year as much as I mean, I remember, I remember Garrett, Garrett Lewinster coming to KU and it was a big deal. I, I loved calling his games at Free State, but I didn't remember he wore number 20 because he was only there for a year. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. That's tough to remember. Whereas I think the I, I don't think even if you know who Elijah Elliott is, if you were ranking the the most likely of which of those four guys you were going to call one was Jankovic two would be Evan Manning three to me would be Ev- uh, Elijah Elliott and four would be Garrett Lewis I don't even know who Elijah, Elijah he was is. on the team for a couple of years he came from like Texas um I want to say he like even transferred in possibly from some other school I could be wrong about that I, I don't remember but yeah man I, I the Evan Manning one is the one that sticks out to me see that that's interesting because that is one where it's like to me I went to school when Evan Manning was at KU yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things with walk-ons where whoever the walk-on is when you're at school is like a beloved player, right? Yes. And everybody remembers everyone knows everybody remembers Tyler Self or, or Evan Manning when it's your year. Everybody remembers Chris Tehan when it's their year, right? And so for me, maybe Evan Manning is more memorable because he was one of my years, and maybe that's a fault in, in me thinking that was more memorable because I, I very, very vehemently remember Evan Manning being number five. But then again, that was like eight years ago, so maybe you'd think there was another guy who wore it between then. But again, the keyword being walk-on. So if you were a regular player wore number five, that would kind of reset the clock there. So I don't know. I, I guess the more I'm talking it out, I think they are kind of fair, but I, I, I can understand why... Like that's a classic one to me where it's like if you know it, yeah, it's, it's immediately easier. easier. And so it's like if you right, uh, but in theory, in a vacuum, I, I think it's okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't feel know, bad like, for Derek with with jersey number questions just as a whole. I think it's really difficult to narrow them down. Like either you know it or you don't mm-hmm. with the jersey number questions. I feel like that's how they normally go. You don't really have a chance. I mean, unless we phrase it in a certain way of like you know who played in X number of years or right. But if you just, if, if the question is literally who wore this Jersey number and nothing else, like you basically just have to know it. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be really, really tough to, to try to figure it out. Yeah. Well, Sam has uh, passed every yep. test so far. All right. Grade eight is set. Wow. All four are really good matchups. Yeah, they really are. Brian Rainey versus Andrew Wymore. Then we have Sam Oliver versus Isaac Henderson, both four, three matchups. Well, three of the three seeds made it three. Yeah, of Chris yeah. Yurchak versus Kyle Martin, that's a 5-3. And then the only one seed remaining is Justin Nichols. He's taking on six seed with Ben Wilson. So Yeah, good, eight, year, good year to be a three seed. For sure. 
All right. Well, uh, we have more trivia coming at you next week. We won't have an edition on Monday. I'll actually be out of town, but uh, we'll have it back at it Tuesday through Friday of next week. RCST Trivia, once again, to make it to this point, they've already received a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, trivia t-shirt from River at Print and Skate, tickets to a Sporting KC2 game, and all of our grade A contestants, you are receiving a $14 car wash, car wash pass to Mr. D's Auto Wash, a free sandwich and breakfast sandwich to McDonald's in Lawrence, a... Um, Auto entry into 2024 trivia with the top two seed. A KU t-shirt from Homefield Apparel, which, by the way, you can get 20% off your first order of Homefield Apparel with code RCST, all one word, all uppercase, at checkout. And you're getting a blue or white number one Kansas basketball mini jersey. Don't be just another fan cheering for your team. Stand out from the crowd with the perfect gift from mini jerseys. What better way to make Father's Day or birthday special than a gift from mini jerseys? Mini in size, but big in spirit. KU mini jerseys are a versatile gift you can showcase on your shelf, on the wall of your man cave, a cover for your favorite beverage, or on the tree during the holidays. Support your favorite KU player now. Now because they get a cut of it with NIL at minijerseys.com slash Kansas dash Jayhawks. All right, uh, more RCST coming at you next. This has been Trivia on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. So trivia is done for the week. We move on to our great got the grade eight. eight, baby. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, for that, we'll have it next week. We have one matchup scheduled for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So it'll be one a okay. day. They'll have the standalone. Yep. We'll be doing um, in the grade eight and further. It'll be you'll get two easy questions, two medium, two really hard, or two hard, then two really hard. If you obviously keep hitting them and they keep going right, um, to keep moving on. So that should be fun matchups once we get in, and then we'll know our phenomenal four. Uh, that next round is the round where I guess trophies start getting handed out. You get that phenomenal oh, yeah. four trophy, you get the phenomenal right? Phenomenal four trophy. Yeah, so a lot of fun. All right, it is that time on a Friday, though, before we get to Florida Man Mad Libs to close out the week for our sports stock market here on RCST. And first up, stock is down on American basketball. What? We actually, this was, what, a couple months ago when the U.S. was in danger of losing the number one ranking oh, yeah. in the world rankings? Like the FIBA whatever? Yeah, well, um, now Victor Weminyama is officially coming. Um, yes. Draft lottery happened. He is coming. Yes. <laughs> the Spurs win the number one pick in the draft. He led the French League in points, rebounds, and he doubled up second place in blocks as an 18-year-old. And yes, the French League is not the NBA, but that's still one of the, like, it's the French that, League, the Spanish like League. The top ones, you think? Yeah, it's like the French League, the I don't Spanish know. How League, you, how the Turkish League. How would you rank the, the leagues? Spanish League's number one. Okay. Um... I don't know. Turkish League might be number two. And the French League is probably Isn't David three. Turkish, Turkish League? He might be, yeah. The Russian League traditionally has been pretty good, but I don't know how that's been affected with you know everything that's gone on with the war. Like people oh, yeah. not wanting to go back over there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's going to come in and dominate. And then you look at it now, Nikola Jokic, who was dominating in the playoffs, he wins two MVPs. Before that, you had Giannis Antetokounmpo winning MVPs. Yep. Now you have Joel Embiid winning MVP who is originally from Cameroon, although others would say he is from Nun Nun, which I don't know if that joke what? hits as soon as I said it. I don't know what that is. There was a, a game, there's a, a graphic out there um, from Joel Embiid playing, I think it was in the Oklahoma State game. It was a game on CBS in 2014. Okay. And it shows, you know, when it goes to the free throw line oh, as a yeah. player, and and what it says it? Joel Embiid, like freshman center, and then it has the hometown. Yeah. It said Nun, comma, Nun. Like the graphics person just... <laughs> Messed it up. So, uh, anyway. Um, That's a very niche. Uh... Yeah, it is a very niche joke. <laughs> I hope somebody got it. Uh, that, oh, this should have been a trivia question. Name this player, Name this player who player in 2014 from was from Nun Nun. <laughs> 
No. Uh, the last five MVPs now in the NBA have been international players. So you have this international takeover. That doesn't even account for Luka Doncic. You have yeah. Victor Wembanyama coming over. Yep. Stocks down on American basketball. We have been taken over. Mm. Okay. Do you think maybe this is more, it's less of about stocks down on American basketball and more just the rest of the world is finally starting mm. to catch up? That's a wonderful question. So maybe stocks are treading water on American basketball, but stocks on international basketball that is not American is going up. I guess that's, that's what that's it could true. be. true. Yeah, sure. But if you're not improving, you're getting you're, worse, technically. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Okay. No, I can, I'm on board with that. Dude, yeah, dude there, American basketball sucks. We stink. There's very much a world where in like two years, maybe longer than that, three years, four years, five, I don't know, whatever, the the top five, the entirety of the top five basketball players in the NBA are, are international players with Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Wembenyama, and uh, did I say Doncic yet? No, not Doncic. Doncic? That's crazy. And yeah. the kid, the guy, I didn't even, uh, I forgot about this. The, the player who right now is supposed to be the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft, he's like this six foot ten. Oh gosh, uh, like it, it's the same thing with Wembenyama except he's six ten instead instead of seven four. So, um, yeah, that is a difference. Yeah, quite the difference. He's supposed to be the number one pick in the 2024 draft, and he's European as well. Man, yeah, we stink. Yeah, what's going on? We need we need more LeBron Jameses. Well, we'll have a Bronny James. Does that do anything for you? His oh, uh, maybe. Okay, there's uh no wait there's there's multiple. Okay, so there's <laughs> what? There's multiple? Know. No, okay, this is the guy I'm thinking of. Okay, the, the guy that I was just mentioning there, Matas Buzelis. Now it says he's playing with G League Ignite. So I don't know if know if he's somebody who just has like European uh, name. Maybe I think he I've already heard is of that. American. I've heard of that guy before. But here's another guy who's in the running to go number number one overall. A day Mara. Okay. He's a seven foot three center from Spain. Oh. Dude, how do we get more seven three guys? Do you think in like twenty Where's years? Where's from? Is he American? He's Canadian. No shot. He is. So America cannot. What has gone wrong? Why can Americans not, not grow, grow seven foot seven, three centers yes. anymore? There needs to be some what is serious scientific research <laughs> done on this. Done on, that. on this topic. Do you think in like twenty years in the NBA, like every player is going to be six ten or taller? Like, uh, or maybe maybe point guards. I don't guards, think there's enough of them. Instead of like six three, point guards will now be six six. I like everybody will no, be up three inches. I don't think there's enough okay. people of that size. Mm. Uh, stock is up on the NBA being rigged. Some oh, are okay. saying that with the Spurs winning that number one overall pick, it's rigged. Uh, it yeah, was the, the Pistons the Spurs, who were supposed to have the number one the pick. Spurs they dropped tank five. for the first time in 20 yeah, years. and they win it. And they and it's get like, Wembenyama. No, not, but not only do they win it, they win it when it's a year where you've got yes. a LeBron James level play. Right. And it's like, oh, the last time they had this opportunity, oh, Tim they Duncan. got Tim Duncan. The, the time, time before that, that David uh, Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Like, they just, this keeps happening to them. Um, so Greg is Greg Popovich, Popovich going to just die on the bench now? Or die on the... <laughs> I feel like for sure he's going to want to coach a couple years to get him going, but I could see him being in a spot like some some coaches when they get older get to a point where they're like, I just want to make sure I leave this in good hands for the next oh, person. Sure, yeah. And so I could see him now being but, like, all right, man, I'm okay. going to coach him a year or two, then I'll, I'll say, okay, be let me ask, in let good Let me ask hands. you this. Will, will the Spurs win a title within the next three years? I would say no. Okay. I'd feel good about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's possible that they... Because, like, if they, they have, win a title, he could just go out on top. Right. They, they have a billion first-round picks beyond just this one. I think one. they have a lot of cap space, too. So, like, yeah. if they wanted to sign, like, a, 
a big time free agent. Sure. What if what if they traded a bunch of first round picks and I don't know Keldon Johnson to get Damian Lillard, and then if the Blazers were like willing to you know start blowing it up, hey, but Damian third pick, Dame wouldn't be down for that. Yeah, exactly. But what if, what if it what if it did happen, and then they had Damian Lillard and Wembenyama, and then with all that cap space, they, I don't know who the big free agent this year is, but they go out and get him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then sure, maybe at that point we're talking something in, in two or three years, uh, but most likely no. Um, also, though, on top of it being rigged, how about this? So Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, who just lost in the second round to Lakers, yes, they were scheduled to play in the match against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think it was scheduled for June 29th, I believe, was the is the match. Which here's the deal with that: the reason why this makes the NBA rigged is because that was announced before the Warriors were eliminated from the playoffs. Okay, and if they had continued to advance. The match would have been during when they would still be in the playoffs, when they would still be in the finals. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I don't know that for sure, but it certainly brings questions. Yes, 100%. So I, was, was I wrong? It's going to be June 29th. Okay, that was what I said. So I guess that would be after the season ended. The, the seventh game of the NBA Finals was June 18th. So I guess okay, it's well, possible. that doesn't fit my narrative. Mm. The narrative is that it's still rigged. I like to ignore that. need more. Okay. <laughs> Uh, stock is up on traveling on the company dime. Okay, this was hilarious. So Brian Windhorse of ESPN, during the draft lottery, he tra- he went to Paris to do like an, inter- an interview with Victor Wembanyama. Okay, but the way it was done is completely hilarious. So Wembanyama is going to be the number one pick. They announce the Spurs. Spurs won the draft lottery. ESPN cuts to Brian Windhorse, and he gives like a. 45 second interview with Women Yama. Asked him like three questions and then he's like, all right, back to you guys. And that was it. Never saw him again. So this man just went to Paris to do a 50 second interview. I love that. I love that. Traveling dude. on the company dime. I bet you he, I bet you he took like four days. Just hung out in Paris. Probably. And that's so I'm happy for him. Yeah, good for him, man. Um well deserved little vacation and stuff for him. Um what <laughs> What? what did they think they were gonna get out of that? I don't understand. Why didn't they? Yeah, just, why didn't like, they just do like a Zoom or yeah, like a, exactly, just have know, a call video in. call? Yeah, because the other thing is the draft lottery was happening at like 3 a.m. in France. Yeah, is the other thing. <laughs> so like it's it's literally 3 a.m. and Brian Windhorst is trying to interview women women Yama, and it was just I don't know, I don't know. Stock is up on the bubble in the NBA counting because all four teams that were in the conference finals. Are now in the conference finals, so I think this. You know, some people were saying oh, that does the this bubble. Le- does this legitimize the bubble? Yes, it was an asterisk. I think this has to, right? Maybe, maybe. Do you, okay, uh, do you think people bubble say Jamal Murray there's is back. an asterisk around the bubble because only because of the fact the Lakers won? Mm-hmm. Like, if another team would have won the finals in the bubble, do you think there would have been a narrative about the bubble being fake? Yeah, it's a good question. Probably because I feel like people don't bring that up with like Baylor in basketball. Maybe yeah. that's just college basketball, like isn't as. But if you remember right, the bubble for like NBA, COVID happened in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. The the NBA championships was in what like July, right or whatever June. Yeah. So it was like pretty close. Whereas like the tournament had a whole basically year. Yeah, you had the whole year after. It's just that the NCAA tournament was played inside with like I guess there were some fans. Allowed, yeah. But realistically, yeah. it was a bubble. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that is a good question because it was because, because it was the Lakers and it was LeBron. That, yep, you have LeBron. people wanting MJ to stay in front of him, yep, so you're so gonna be like oh, fake championship, fake championship. Yeah. Okay. But Jamal Murray, he's back. 
Yeah, it looks very... I mean, he was struggling the first three quarters last night and then just could not miss in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, stock is up on missing an NFL playoff game. So, what? Uh, yeah, the... the NFL has struck a one-year deal with NBC in the range of $110 million, according to the Wall Street Journal, for the service to exclusively carry one wild card game on Peacock this season. So not on NBC, Dude. on Peacock. Now, the good news, if it is the Chiefs, the the market of the two teams will still be able to watch it locally. Oh, okay. So if it is the Chiefs, you'll still be able to watch it on NBC. But if it's not the Chiefs, you either got to get Peacock or you got to not watch the game. <laughs> so pick right Dude, now. This sucks, Make your man. stand. Make because your stand and stick to it. What are you going to do? I'm not I'm not doing it. Okay. I'm not getting Peacock. Here, here's what's so stupid with this crap, man, is all these companies, they see like Netflix and Hulu or whatever, streaming services. They're like, oh, my God, we have to have a streaming service. Streaming services, streaming services, streaming services. Well, then they realize that people aren't just going to pay $10 a month 10 times for every streaming service, okay? They're just going to pay for whichever ones they like the most. So now you get like Peacock and Paramount Plus and this other crap where they're like, oh, we, we, why aren't people subscribing to our crap? Why, why aren't people subscribing? So then they do this. They're like, oh, I know, genius idea. Let's put some crap that people actually want to watch and force them to buy Peacock. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, this is Terrible. annoying. This is annoying. But this is a good business plan for them, I guess. Like 110 million for one game sounds like a lot, but I guess I don't know. Is it going to work it's out? It's not a good business because a lot plan. Of people are just going to cancel. They're going to buy it yes. and then they'll pay the 10 bucks and then for they the one cancel. month and then they cancel it. 100%. Yeah, I guess. Yes. I guess they'll get a few stragglers who forget to cancel. But yes. yeah, it's I don't stupid. know. That's Dude, dumb. that's the thing about it, actually. I actually think that a lot of these companies make a, like a significant amount of money off of people not remembering yes. what they're subscribed to. Well, that's why there there have been apps developed now where where you write down and you, and you link everything that you're subscribed to and it will tell you what you have and like be like, do you yes. want to cancel this I or mean, whatever? I mean, I'm guessing like a pretty sizable chunk of their revenue, some of these streaming services, comes from people just forgetting to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. All right, um, last one here. Stocks up on Chiefs fans getting really annoyed by Tony Romo. Jim Nance says that he and Tony Romo could call up to nine Kansas City Chiefs games this season. Okay. That's half I think their games. The, the arc of Tony Romo to me is fascinating. He goes from being like this football savant, Romo, Romo Dominus, Dom, Demonstrous, whatever. Okay. I, I messed that up. Anyways, he goes from like being the savant that everyone loves to like now everyone was kind of annoyed with him, which I was really confused by. So like, I like Tony Romo. I don't have any problem with Tony Romo. Tony Romo loves the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, unless you're just getting annoyed by him loving the Chiefs too much. But I don't really care. And listen, I've always maintained this point, which is if my team is playing on TV, so the Chiefs or KU, I guess those are the only two teams. Chiefs or KU, if they're playing on TV, generally speaking, I, it doesn't matter to me who's calling the game. That's that I'm I'm not really paying that much attention to them. I'm I'm really focused just on the game, right? So I don't really care who's doing the game. That's fair. All right, um, we're gonna take a timeout. That is our sports stock market on Florida Man Mad Libs next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. 
This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Matt Lives with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Fun way to finish out the week here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, joined now in studio by Sam Speck. Thank you, gentlemen. Always fun to be here. Yeah, you're right, especially on a Friday as we kick off uh, the weekend and then another busy week ahead sports-wise and scheduling. So Florida Man headlines, let's get into it here. Of course, here's just kind of a basic overview. There's four headlines coming at you. The first one will only have one redacted word or phrase. The next three will have two. Round number one, obviously, just worth one point. The next three have the potential to get up to three points, but uh, again, you get one point per redacted phrase or word. Right now, Derek in a pretty sizable lead. Four and one and two on the season. Uh, just a About couple that. of points ahead of him in the aggregate points, though. What? So. Oh, I wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> oh, he wasn't listening. You should probably tell him again. Well, he's no, got I don't the think you need to tell me again. on, so he's he's the only one with the headphones on, so I, he couldn't have missed it. But nonetheless, I don't, I don't uh, think I don't think you need to tell me again. Close in point value, but right now again, four one and two. There you go. So I made both of you happy. But uh, let's get into it, gentlemen. Are you uh, ready to roll? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. And for you at home. Are you ready, Derek? Yes. Okay. And for you at home, you are uh, maybe encouraged, maybe not, to follow along and keep score for yourselves as well. So here it is. First round. Again, only one redacted word or phrase. A Florida man got into the record book. So here it is. Florida man breaks world record for time lived blank. And we'll get to this first redacted word here. Florida man breaks a world record for time lived in jail. <laughs> underwater or without hitting puberty <laughs> or excuse me before hitting puberty well, that Wait. is very different than the other ones um uh, okay so like it's saying like he was a kid but he never time lived yeah before hitting puberty never at changed. all changed he's never <laughs> well i mean there's more than the, to the voice i think there's actual things that you can measure within a body that is shows, there? yeah, that kind of shows that you're going through I, hormonal dude, growth and things not, like I'm that. I'm trying to think so. the underwater thing. I'm not a human anatomy be, expert, so I don't even know. I don't think it's the underwater. This guy's no, not SpongeBob. No, it could easily. <laughs> no, dude, you build an underwater house. You seeing a lot of underwater houses for sale these days? <laughs> not in Kansas, but yeah, maybe in Florida. In, maybe they're in not. Florida. What? No, they're not underwater houses. So again, he's either in jail, which again, a lot of Florida men are certainly in jail right now, underwater or. Time lived before the, hitting puberty. The jail, jail one is is possible. It's yeah. possible. But like, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna go underwater. Mm. All right. So Nick's gonna go with the odd. Derek, where are you thinking here? What is what, What's your strategy the, for your answer? That's the worst answer. That's gonna be the one I get the weirdest most mad one. about if it's right. Um, my immediate thought was the puberty one, actually. Like, something just chemically was, was wrong with him. How would you track that, though? I, like I said, I think you, you can measure hormonal puberty. growth. And, uh, yeah, he, and he never went through puberty, went to the doctors. They're like, wow, you haven't gone through puberty. Like, you don't have your, I don't know, hormones are down, all that sort of stuff. And then something was just wrong with him. Okay. So that's what I'm leaning to. But I have a system that I'm going to use this week. So, Nick, I need your help on this one. What is your favorite color? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, blue. 
Okay, so we are going to go through puberty. Okay, so Derek's going to lock in with puberty. Here it is, full unredacted. And for you at home, lock your uh, answers in. Florida man breaks world record for time lived underwater. And actually, I think he's still there. He's a scientist. Um, Living where? Is he on like a submarine? It's Yeah, it's some sort of submersible, but it's like a one room. It's probably a little bit smaller than this studio right here. So he's he's got a good chunk of space. I could give you a very interesting history lesson about this, actually. Okay. How in like, I think it was in like the 1950s or whatever, these guys, uh, some scientists, they built a like a laboratory in a submarine and they just wanted to see how long they could live at the bottom of the ocean. And he broke that record recently. So, so uh, Florida man. And they just, because they like did a bunch of, they did a bunch, it was like because of the like the pressurization of water and whatnot, they did a bunch of different experience, experiments, I think. There you water. go. There you go. Well, Good Nick does get the first round point there. So he's up 1 0. But now we head into the big money bucks answers right here. Again, two redacted words, but uh, three potential points. So let's get into it. This one is uh, bizarre. This one comes out of the Lone Star State. A college student in underwear covers herself with blank. And invites people to eat off her in the name of blank. Okay. Yes. Wow. So it's a mouthful, certainly. Right, but the, Wait, what's the first blank? <laughs> the first blank. Let's get to it. College student in her underwear covers herself with either Chick-fil-A, licorice, or butter <laughs> and invites people to eat off her in the name of blank. We'll get to the second redacted word or phrase in a moment. But again, either Chick-fil-A, licorice, or butter, all in the name of something. All right. Explain to me how you would, quote unquote, cover yourself in Chick-fil-A. I mean, you could, if you buy enough, you can probably just bury right. yourself. I, okay, butter but like, would be the easiest to cover yourself, but also I think that saying. would be the least inviting for to people like to eat. eat off of, right? Um, <laughs> licorice, <laughs> like, can't you, like, kind of, like... Wrap it around or Yeah, whatever. or, like, something weird with licorice. Licorice could be it. I actually am going to go Chick-fil-A. I think this could be... Chick-fil-A has been a... Some kind of weird, like... Well, I, I, I know I that know. for some people, Chick-fil-A has been a very polarizing company. Um, and because of that, I could see there being some protests going on here, but like an anti-protest to the protesters of like, of like uh, cows. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> <with Chick-fil-A. laughs> Chick-fil-A. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm sure. Okay. So I, wait, I, I didn't Chick-fil-A. actually know. I need to do my confirmation check. Um, what is your pick a number one through eight? Eight. Okay. So we can't go to Chick-fil-A now. <laughs> um, I'm going licorice. We're going to go licorice as well. Okay, so both Nick and Derek locking in with licorice, something more that you can manipulate around the body. Who knows? Who knows? We'll get to it here in a moment. But college student in her underwear covers herself with either Chick-fil-A, licorice, or butter and invites people to eat off her in the name of love, in the name of art, or in the name of freedom. See, now I think, it, I think it's freedom. I think it was Chick-fil-A and freedom. You think it's Chick-fil-A and freedom? I think it's Chick-fil-A and freedom. I'm just going freedom. All right, Derek's going to go with freedom here. So, again, either in the name of art... In the name of love or in the name of freedom. I'm going to go with art. So Nick's going to lock in with art here. Are you both you boys locked in? or uh, are Yeah, you, uh, I feel pretty good about mine. I feel, I feel good, yeah. Pretty solidified on the second one. All right, here it is. The full unredacted headline. A college student in her underwear covers herself with Chick-fil-A and invites people to eat off her in the name of art. Oh, wow. let's go. Bingo. See, I definitely thought if it was Chick-fil-A, it would have okay. been freedom. We both know? got a point there. So no, wait, no, you didn't get any points. No, I didn't get any. Ha, I'm sucks. trying to figure out what about the Chick-fil-A made it art? I have what no idea. What about any of it makes it art? It doesn't uh, make maybe sense. Maybe she did an art thing with the Twizzlers. I think she know? was a, a, an art cool student. Uh, it was at the it was at Texas State University. Okay. What I still don't so. understand is how you cover yourself in Chick-fil-A. It would just fall off. Yeah. Well, and just again, you buy enough. No. What, that doesn't what do make sense. No. You set it on your stomach. It's not... 
Yeah, but if you're covered... I don't think she is like literally. Am I overthinking the chicken? Yeah, she were maybe a little bit. And yeah, there's also sauce too. So I mean, you could yeah. just cover that. They're just. I don't being think big. she's like literally like every <laughs> single centimeter square of her body <laughs> is covered in chicken. Well, like, then what sure kind of art is that? Yeah, not good art. Uh, yeah. uh, either way, Nick with a 2-0 lead now after the uh, second round. Let's get into the third one That's here, and fair. let's get down to the Sunshine State scoreboard. as this is the Florida Man Mad List. Florida scoreboard says not 2-0. Overall scoreboard. Florida man pretends to blank, then throws blank at police officer. So again, we've got two redacted words or phrases here, but a Florida man pretends to pull weapon, do karate, or pass out, then throws blank at a police officer. Okay. I think passing out makes the most sense. Like, if the guy's like, the cops are chasing him, and he like... Pretend, pretends to faint or he faints whatever and he's like okay if I just lay here and like play dead then they'll just leave or whatever so I think that's that could be it I like that thought or maybe you know like it plays like, listen, approaching I mean, him and he just ugh. obviously he's a criminal so he probably is not doesn't have the foresight to consider the what would happen after that but I okay what are the other options so uh, faint. okay pull weapon do karate or See, pass out do karate I think is also a very viable answer He's like, you know, he did something and he's like, watch out, I know karate. He's trying he's to intimidate to, them or something? Yeah, he's going to try to karate chop them. <laughs> so, Derek, what are your thoughts? I'm, you I'm like, really torn, actually. I'm really torn. Pick a word. Watch or hammer? Hammer. All right, we're doing karate. Okay, so All Derek's right, going to doing karate, karate, I will go with uh, passing out. Okay. All right. Nick's going to go with pass out. Now let's get to the second one again. A Florida man pretends to either pull weapon, do karate, or pass out, then throws lunch meat, his phone, or a baseball at a police officer. So again, either lunch meat, his phone, or baseball at the police officer here. All three very random and different items, certainly. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of a scenario in which he would have <laughs> quick access to a baseball or lunch meat. Like if you're, let's say you're running from the cops, okay, you're on the run, and then you decide to faint or pretend to faint, and you're laying on the ground. What? I, what how are you acquiring a baseball or lunch meat? You just walk around with roast beef in your pocket. This is one of those. This is one of those where none of the first answers lead to none of the second. So this is literally all random. This is literally going to be all random. Which, this is, the, these are the best ones. Yeah, no, these, these are the worst. These, these are, are some the of the funniest ones. ones. So Certainly some I, of the funniest ones. I, I don't know. I mean, phone. It's like it makes the most sense, but also given the randomness of the headline as it is, it I feel like it might not be phone. So there. I'm gonna go. I don't know. What do you think there? He thinks it's I, random. I, don't know. So I think he's probably just going to go okay. yeah, figuring out. I will I've... pick lunch meat. Okay, so Nick's going to go with the oddity. He thinks that he's got some roast beef on hand, ready to go. Derek, what are you thinking here? Turkey. Uh, you know, what are the lunch meats are there? What is Cold your cut ham. Lunch pastrami. Me? Yeah. Roast beef. All right, then give we're going a, with baseball. Give me a roast beef sandwich. All right, so he's going to go. Going Derek's going to go with baseball. Here it is, full unredacted. Again, actually from the Sunshine State, Florida man pretends to do karate. <laughs> Then throws lunch meat at police officer. So both coming away with a point there. Yeah, I guess the karate was more of an intimidation factor. Yep. Yep, and, that makes uh, sense. I really, I really, I really thought it was 50-50 between faint and karate. So I don't feel bad about missing that one. And uh, again, and Nick the, the with, lunch uh, meat man. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, that one, that one kind of stumped me as well. So three to one, heading into this final round here, and this one involving a family. This was this was such a weird one to be honest with you. But uh, Illinois family finds preserved blank. Over a half century old, 
in somewhere or somewhere. So the last thing is blank. There's a comma after over century old in the headline and then the final blank there. But again, we'll start. Illinois family finds preserved either meats, lemons, or McDonald's over a half century old somewhere. And we'll get to the second redacted somewhere in just a moment. But uh, again, either meats, lemons, or McDonald's. Okay, have you ever seen uh, the things where like people take McDonald's French fries or like a quarter pounder, they put it in a jar and it like doesn't decay at all. Yeah, you yeah. ever seen that? Yeah, so seen that's that. why I, I saw somebody did that with a Doritos Locos Taco from Taco Bell too. Oh. And they were like, it will, it has the same, or it has the the same amount of like preservatives that can mummify it in the same way you'd mummify a cat or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So I've seen that with McDonald's stuff too. So I think McDonald's maybe makes the most sense, just logically speaking. What are the other options? Uh, meats or lemons. So, I mean, all three things, whether I don't it think was it's done like by themselves. Meats The meats possible. makes, But the meats, to me, seems too obvious. It's like the one that would make so? the most sense. I'm going with McDonald's. I'm going to go with McDonald's also. So, both lock it in with McDonald's there. And then, again, if you preserve lemons the correct way, they could be used uh, great in, like, the kitchen and things like that. But at know. the same time, they are over a half century old. So, they were obviously forgotten somewhere. And here is where that somewhere could be. Either buried in their backyard, in their hotel's mattress... Or in their home's wall. So again, Illinois family finds preserved either meats, lemons, or McDonald's, which is over a half century old, either buried in their backyard, in a hotel's mattress, or in their home's wall. Okay, I think for the buried in their backyard, probably the the meats would have been the most, most sense, because like, you have a dog, the dog goes and buries it in the backyard or something, I don't know. Or just discovers it, maybe it was in their <laughs> house, or you know, yeah. it was there from the last people. Uh, since I went with McDonald's for the first answer, I think like... Either in their house walls or the other option was in a in the hotel mattress. Well, the hotel mattress. So See, that's on vacation and just came across. Yeah, you know somebody, <laughs> somebody left a gift. Yeah, somebody got some McDonald's. They they put it somewhere and then I, I I'm not really sure. To be honest, I'm gonna go with hotel mattress. Like paying it forward, <laughs> like somebody but then nobody, bought me but then, McDonald's. But then, I'm then nobody ate McDonald's. It. But then nobody ate it. <laughs> but we don't know how long it's been there. He just said over 50 years. Oh, yeah. 50 years. Over half, half a century. century. <laughs> Did you Gosh. miss that part yeah, of the headline? I did miss that part. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't think it is that one. Then I don't know. I guess I guess that would make it more wild and certainly an interesting headline. Uh, I'm gonna go in the walls of the uh, the house. Okay, so Derek's gonna go in did, the walls here. Did you miss here. the part about it being 50 years old? Yeah. So an <laughs> Il- <laughs> okay, an Illinois family finds preserved McDonald's, which is over a half century old, in their home's walls. So. Oh. Dude, How about that? Derek coming back Dude, on the final um, round to tie That's so it stupid. He didn't, even know what, he didn't even know what the headline was. <laughs> Shows you how he literally random didn't even it all know is. what the headline was. I think you should get deducted at least one point for that. They were doing uh, house oh, we renovations. We the tape last week. We need to go back and do that. See if you lose all your points. Oh, Derek no. still. And, and Derek even got the dub last week, and he is still complaining about God. this. But, I'm going to uh, go back and look at that. Simple house renovations, yeah, led okay, to uh, it was a full meal. Full McDonald's meal they found. But, Derek, what do we got for the house? The one for the house. I'm going. Going blank, so I got bangs blank. Okay? Not a lot there. Okay. I'm going bald. I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to a new hairdresser. So I got bangs blank. I think I think bald makes the most sense. I'm going bald. Um, Disneyland could be an option. I got bangs. Okay, I was just thinking, the main reason, at least I guess women get bangs, is after a breakup. So... I'm going to go but with I the Disneyland. <laughs> what? Wait, what? What's so funny about that? It's a funny comment. Dude, but, dude I, I have verifiable evidence 
on many Instagrams. So, that's the case. Uh, hang on, read, read the whole thing to me again. I'm going break up, blank. Get bangs. That's just what women do. I don't I'm know. going blank, so I got bangs blank. I'm gonna go with the Disneyland because this sounds like a personal decision. She's going to Disneyland, so I got a different hairstyle, something like that. I'm going to choose. I'll, I'll go bald. All right. If he's going to Disneyland, I'll go bald. I'm going blank, so I got bangs tattooed on my forehead. Oh no, that looked like Mickey Mouse, <laughs> done by a robot. Okay, Mickey Mouse doesn't have bangs. That doesn't even make sense. It just says that look like Mickey Mouse. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, well, for my for the purposes of my answer, I'm picking Banks tattoo on. Hmm. Because he got is he going bald? Going bald. Uh, pretty sure a lady. What were the three again? Sorry. Well, why wouldn't you just okay? Here's timeout. If you're going huh. bald, why wouldn't you just get a wig? <laughs> okay, <laughs> is that not the smarter thing to do? Tattooed on my forehead that looked like Mickey Mouse and done by a robot. Oh, okay. I got you. So she got her bangs done or tattooed. Yeah, I'm going to go. If she's going to Disney. That would make sense to look like Mickey Mouse. But I'm going to go buy a robot. I mean, what the heck? We're, we're, we're already. I would go with the I'm going to a new hairdresser. That it is a robot. Oh, there you go. Would okay. you let a robot cut your hair? Yeah, I think I would. So yeah. I'm going to lock in with that then. No. We'll lock in with that answer. Now, the correct answer. I'm going bald. So I got bangs tattooed on my forehead. Dang it. Let's go. It was. I knew it was either one of those two. Yep. And uh, good job on the answers, by the way, because it, it led us down two direct uh, streets, and that's exactly the challenge of it sometimes. Dude, I but knew the Mickey Mouse was bait, so that's when I knew that I was right on the first one. Yeah. I knew you were baiting. Well, good job, gentlemen. And uh, Derek, with the comeback and tying things here this week, so uh, you Wait, always I just want to say something real quick. Yeah, let's hear uh, it. Every single headline Derek brings to the show, I get... Yeah, you're, I think right. you're you six have, six you're smoking me. I mean, I am I mean. in Derek's head. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Crazy. But uh, again, gentlemen, thank you for including me in your front. We will see you next time. Florida Man. He's Sam Speck with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That'll do it for RCST today. Check out anything you missed on the Best of RCST podcast. KU Baseball coming at you in a little bit. This is KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.